Christmas content, are you multicolored or or all white lights? I am multicolored and I'm fucking blinking. Yes. Whoa. Wow. I am Wait, that's a revelation. That's what makes going under the tree because shit is happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is this, are we starting the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're literally looking around. There is a fucking fly in here. Where did you come from, sir? Get out. Why are there flies in December? I don't know. Because the world is ending. I was just on the East Coast and there were plenty of flies in December mm. and I found it insulting. No, I mean, here's what I'm going to say. You talk shit about my city. I'm going to talk shit about yours. I was in LA and got <laughs> bit by a million mosquitoes three no, weeks ago, I, two weeks ago. I, I'm i not on board with LA mosquitoes at what all. The? Well, we've talked about it not before. Not even supposed I, to be here. They're not supposed to be there. I lived, you have only lived in LA w- when there have been these mosquitoes. Right, but, but I, I certainly visited pre-mosquito of times. Of and- but you probably didn't even notice until, like, it's so noticeable for me, the yeah. mosquito infestation on the West Coast, because I lived there for like legit 20 years with no mosquitoes. And as a person, the mosquitoes are drawn to. Yeah. I don't know if it's the blood. I don't care. I actually just don't care. Yeah. I'm just telling you, it is the biggest bummer of all time. It's so frustrating. And you know what else I want to tell you? I always thought that I'm like, the mosquitoes here are frustrating, but at least they seem to stay low. They seem to stay low to the ground. So Mm. if you could get up somewhere higher, like maybe mosquitoes, but they go high now. When they they go low, they go high. Like they they're not listening to Michelle Obama. They do whatever the fuck they want now. They so. do whatever the fuck they want. Casey, I've had it with bugs. I've had it, and I'm like, if we're gonna import insects mm. to places where they don't belong, what about like fireflies? Like fireflies, they don't bite anyone. They are magical. Gorgeous. They glow. Gorgeous. They're gorgeous. No, and instead I got these fucking lantern flies that we got to smoosh. It's really I, I don't flies that I got a smoosh. Who's ever in charge of um, insects? Get your shit together. Can I tell you something? Um, new best friend Jen Tullock. captured and released Jen Tullock. Yeah. No, I wasn't thinking of her last oh, name. I was okay. just I was trying to think of how I wanted to describe what she did for gotcha. me in the house over the weekend. Captured and released a giant cockroach in my house. Wow. She released yeah. it. That's an interesting choice. It was a call. Well, because I want to say this and I don't think she was wrong. It was so gigantic that I yeah. think she felt like killing it would be upsetting. It's to going to leave a crime scene. It was a, it would be a crime scene, but also she was just like, I don't want the blood on my hands. Yeah. You know, I don't want the, I don't want that bug's guts. I don't yeah. want to feel that crunch. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So she captured and released it. And um, in like a trap. Was it that big? It was really big. She put a like a big box. Well, because my um, Christmas decorations were still out, like or the yeah. boxes for the ornaments were still out. So she took one of my shoe boxes that I had my ornaments in. Yeah. It was an empty box and put it over 
captured it that way. Okay. Then used my um, dustbuster thing. Okay. And sucked him up. Okay. And then he was just like climbing around in there because... Because uh, he survived. Because he survived because he's a cockroach and he's going to survive. You know, yeah. we know this. Yeah. Um, and then, and then we went outside and released the thing and it just like ran away. Wow. That's, that was very brave of her. I don't, I thought so too. I was standing uh, on the stairs the whole time. I don't love a cockroach. When no. I lived, when I first lived in New York City, my mom would come and bring my, uh, my dog Wolf, um, which he was like, he was not a small dog. He was like a little, uh, a Lhasa Apso, you know? And, um, I had a Lhasa Apso growing up. Uh, his name was Wolfie and she would come and bring him to visit me or like leave him with me if she was going somewhere on a trip. And, um, Wolfie, Wolfie the Lhasa Apso, I have to say, like a little wild, <laughs> but yes. Okay. Wolfie loved coming to the late show with David Letterman. That was uh, his favorite mm-hmm. thing to do in New York City. He was terrified of the cockroaches. He, I would like take him out for a walk, and if a cockroach crossed his path, that would be it. He'd be frozen. You couldn't get him to continue walking forward after that. He was like, "Fuck this, fuck this town, and your fucking him. bugs." No, thank you. I get it. Wolfie, Which is, I'm with you. All right. It's also similar to you know. Do you remember from uh from. Letterman, Larry Bud Melman, that of character. Course. Well, of Larry Bud Melman was portrayed by this actor, Calvert DeForest, who was in many ways similar to Larry Bud. I mean, he was like Larry Bud Melman was a cartoon character, but Calvert wasn't dissimilar uh, to Larry to Larry Bud in in all ways. And one time, um, the Ed Sullivan Theater, the way that it was, uh, there was like the theater part and then the office part, and you could either walk down the street to get to the office part or you could take if you knew how and had a key you could take an underground passageway sort of um you know underground to get back up to the to the office part and one time calvert was at the studio and he needed to go to the office for some reason and it was bad weather outside and he just was kind of like you know i don't i don't want to go outside whatever it wasn't my job but i was like let me use my key and I will take Calvert down under the tunnel because it was like, could be like a little complicated. And if you didn't do it regularly, you could get lost. And I very much strongly felt that Calvert would get lost. Uh, but so we went underground and we were in the tunnel and he was very sweetly like holding on to like a fistful of my coat, like behind me so that he wouldn't get lost. And because it was New York City and because it was underground and because like, that's just how it was. There was a rat down there that crossed in front of us, and um, Calvert saw it, and he would he froze. He, he like primally just froze, but he could not go forward, and he could not go back the way that we came. And I just was like, Calvert, like the we have to either go forward or back. It was like a hero's journey in a movie, a little bit. I was like, Am I gonna wind up? 
carrying, giving a piggyback to Larry Bud Melman <laughs> to get him to the office. But I really had to like, I really had to talk him down off a off a ledge about that rat it's and about really funny. how it was just as afraid of us as we were of it. It was not. It was not afraid of us no, at all. But no. I had to say this to him just to get because I was like, we're gonna die down in this corridor. Like, you know, we we gotta get out of here. We gotta go forward. I'm it was glad, a very I'm glad that you got out. It was a very scary moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, Calvert, RIP, miss you. Uh, Here's what I know about him. That guy fucking hated rats. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know many people who love them, to be honest, except for people who like have them as pets. Yeah, it's true. Um, And that's different than a rat on the street. Yeah. It just is. I'm completely different. Yeah. Um, There's so much happening. First of all, I'm. I mean, how grateful are we that Reverend Warnock pulled it out? Pulled, pulled, pulled the. I mean, like, not that I was. I was worried. I was. I was. But I also, I also had faith, and I felt like it was going to be okay. And I wasn't. I participated in this insane thing for Move On. Yeah, like this fundraiser that was truly horrific (laughs) um and i got texted by a guy who was putting it together for move on you guys know what move on is it's uh the organization that helps raise money for i mean like all of move on.org which is also on.org that's also become my catchphrase when i want to stop talking about something i say hey move on move on.org yeah. I'm with you. Well, <laughs> here's what I, I get this text from this guy who I don't even know. I get, can I be honest? I don't know how he got my number. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I know him. There's no history in my in the text between the two of us. But as a good like producer, organizer, person who's putting things together, he just like barreled forth as if sure I should know. We do. I do know. It's all happening. He was like. Hey, I was hoping that I could get you to be a part of a thing that I've been putting together with these celebrities to raise money for Warnock. Um, it's called Chip In for Georgia with MoveOn.org. And uh, do you think you could participate on this date at this time? And I was like, I think I should be able to. And he's like, great. You will be receiving a package FedEx to you tomorrow with a ghost pepper chip in it for you to eat on camera as part of the fundraiser. And I was like, (laughs) I'm sorry, what? So then of course, because you know me, because I like agree to do a fucking thing. And then I'm like, wait, wait, what is it that I've agreed to do? So Casey was in town working with me and we had a really fun time on that job. Like the most fun. Yes. So fun. When can we, when do we talk about it? I don't know. I don't, I mean, maybe next week we can. Okay, great. Okay. So uh, anyway, so we finished, but we, but we worked all day. I would say it was like a lot of work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. So we worked all day uh, shooting this thing and then um, like commercial thing ish. I don't know. Holiday commercial. (sighs) Anyway. Um, (laughs) You'll you'll soon know. And then we went to that Nordstrom holiday party where we stalked Santa and took weird pictures with him and then on my way home I was like oh my god it's the chip in for Georgia thing and the guy was texting me and was like are you like ready to do the thing and I started to do more research and I was like oh first of all 
I don't like spicy things. Like I don't like hot yeah. things. I don't also, like spice. You, you have fucking IBS. I have IBS. I'm like, I'm not, I can't do this. It's I don't no want to do this. Ice bucket challenge. No, no. I mean, Which by the way, also, I don't want to do that. But like, <laughs> I just was like, I can't, I don't want to do this. So he, the guy from Move On was like, had asked me if I would interview, also interview one of the organizers who's, you know, on the ground working for Warnock. And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll do that. And then in my head, I was like, I'll do that and not yeah. have to do the chip thing, you know? And, uh, and so I signed on to the Zoom. I was like kind of late to the Zoom because we were out working and doing other things, you and me. Um, signed on to the Zoom and I was like, guys, I lost, I can't find the box that had the chip in it. And here are the people on the Zoom. It was like Bradley Whitford, Chelsea Handler, um, Andy Richter, uh, Paul, Sarah Paulson, uh, Tom Colicchio. Love. I'm forget. I'm forgetting some people, but there were there were other. You know, there were like a bunch of celebrities on, and then there was like the woman from Move On, yeah, um, who was like sort of moderating the thing. And then I got a text from the guy that was like, "Oh, the person that you were supposed to interview isn't able to do it because she's stuck working. So it's just you're you're just going to be doing the chip thing." And I was like, "I don't I don't know where the box is." So then I like just I started to I lied and I was like. I tried to lie, but you know, I'm the most unsuccessful liar of all time. Despite being an actor, not it's a great un- liar. It's, it's unreal. I cannot lie. So I lied at first and was like, I don't have, I don't, I don't know where the box is. There's too many boxes in my house right now. I can't find it. It's somewhere. Someone put it somewhere. I can't find it. So if I can't, I can't do it, you know, whatever. And Chelsea Handler, who, I mean, just to be real, has always terrified me. Um, <laughs> I don't like, think I, you're alone. I think at all. I know she, I'm not alone. Yeah, I think she terrifies um, other people. Was on, I could see her on the Zoom with like the, because you have to wear gloves to even touch this chip. That's when I was like, oh, this isn't, I don't want to do this at all. Yeah. Like you, you have, have to wear gloves because it's no. going to hurt your hands and then yes. you're going to put it inside In your, your body. body? Where no, your, uh, your tissues are much more sensitive than your hands? No. Come no. on. No, no, no. Um, but I just like, she was wearing, I saw her like wearing the glove and I saw her like looking at me and I just felt like she knows I'm lying. And then I just and Sarah Paulson and I were texting back and forth yeah and Sarah's like I really don't want to do this I was like I really don't want to do this I don't know why I agreed to do this this is so stupid um but like I saw Chelsea looking at me and then I was like oh I found the box like I just like bailed immediately on my lie and Paulson was like what the f- busy you had an out you said that you did couldn't find the box why did you just find the box and I was like Cause I couldn't, cause I felt like Chelsea Handler was going to beat me up. I don't she's know. A like a human I, polygraph test. She, it was like, she stared into my soul. The, the sensors went off and I just felt like I had to do it. Like I felt like it was so clear to me yeah. that she knew I was lying. Yeah. Um, and what is so dumb is that I should have just told Mark to throw the box out. Right. At, when I wasn't there. Right. Then I wouldn't have been lying. Right. Or I could have said, hey, will you put that box somewhere? I don't know where. Just put some, put it somewhere. Then I wouldn't have been lying and I could have maybe done it and not had to do the unthinkable 
unthinkable thing. Unthinkable. So I opened the box. I put the fucking gloves on. Tom Colicchio had just done it. And now Tom Colicchio is a chef. This yeah. is a pro- man, a professional taster. Yeah. And he was like, "This, it's not good. Like, he's like, this is really, it's a lot. Yeah. It's too much. And I don't, it's bad. Yeah. And, uh, but he, thank God, said, don't swallow it. He's like, my advice is don't swallow it. You can That's chew it up, advice. spit it out. Yeah. So like, don't put it in your body. Don't get it down Inside. your Inside, yeah. Anyway, the time came. Sarah and I were the last ones to go. And I just did it. I took a bite. I chewed. It was excruciating. It was so horrible. Did it make and your head hurt? It made every part of me hurt. It felt like it was so, I don't even know how to describe it. It was just terrible. Yeah. Why would anyone want to do this? Why does that pepper exist? It's poison. It feels, it was, it was ludicrous. Um, And I could tell like, cause I watched other people do it. I watched Chelsea do it. And she yeah. was like, like, I don't know. She seemed fine. Like people, like I was literally crying. Like I thought I was going to throw up. Like I was like, so I, it was so disgusting and so horrible. And it took, I would say a solid 20 minutes before it started to subside. And this was like, yeah, I was pouring. Sarah told me that somebody had told her to like put vinegar in her mouth to oh. counteract it. I don't know about so I, like, that. I've heard milk or milk. Oh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I tried milk. Uh, I like swishing milk around. Um, yeah. I tried just like, I just ran cold water and just like put my mouth under the faucet. And yeah. then I tried the vinegar thing, like just pouring vinegar on my tongue. My lips were like tingling. Anyway, all of this to say, did it raise money for, I don't know, but he won. I'm taking the win. Yeah, yeah. I don't, here's the thing. I don't think Raphael Warnock, uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock, um, I think he still could have won without you eating a food that could potentially make you shit blood. Uh, But here's what I'll also say. I do, like, you know the show Hot Ones, the the Hot Wings show. I do. Well, listen, someone did ask me if I wanted to do that show. Oh, Jen. I think Jen asked me because she's friends with those guys. Yeah, I'm not doing it. I can't. I I'm enjoy. Not, I'm, out. I'm out. I enjoy watching it because it has like the levels of like how far people can go, and and I do enjoy when people are willing to like play along and do a stunt. But also, like, I don't, I don't want anyone to hurt themselves. I mean, like, recently Matt brought home. I was saying that I was like wanting ginger ale, but like I'm very specific about like I want not sugary ginger ale because I don't like sugary drinks, but I want something that has like a non nutra sweet alternative sweetener in it. So he brought home this ginger ale that has like stevia for sweetener, which I which works well for me, but it had double ginger. It's so delicious, but it sincerely burned all the skin off the inside of my mouth. Just double ginger. Just double ginger. So could you imagine what would have happened no. to me if I tried to eat that chip? I'd just be like a, a fleshless skull right now. Well, that's what I felt. I literally felt like that. And yeah, I was like just like... I Indiana also felt Jones like, vibes. I also felt like people on the call who had done it before me thought like felt like I was like 
making it up or something. I don't know because they, no one, I was, I have to say, I think I had the most insane reaction, but then I was like, but everybody's taste buds are different. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. Everybody's pain I must, level. I obviously have, well, I can handle a lot of pain. I did offer to put the chip up my cunt. <laughs> I was like, I could handle the pain in my vagina when I had my children. Right. It's a different kind of pain, I guess. It's a different kind of pain, I guess. Well, Uh, I'm going to say, I hate anything that's from the neck up. Like, I could have, I could probably have surgery on any part of my body and, like, maybe even without anesthesia and probably hand, not, I mean, like, I'm exaggerating, but I feel like anything I've ever hurt from the neck down and I've hurt myself really badly, I could handle, but anything from the neck up that is uncomfortable, I'm out. Wow. Wis- wisdom teeth, that tonsils, note, sore throat, yeah. pink my eye. lymph node and my sinus update, guys. Yeah. Well, I, the, uh, my ENT, Dr. Wang, yeah. um, did a culture of my infected sinus just to make sure that he was, and it it was, it was this kind of bacteria that is like really resistant to most antibiotics. Of course. So, of course. Um, so I'm on still on like an, an intense antibiotic, but I went to see him two days ago and I'm all better. It, and my, my sinuses look perfect. My infection's totally gone. My lymph node doesn't hurt anymore. All of it. It's all good. It's all good. But, it really does suck. Yeah, that's not good. I'm so glad that you're feeling better. I feel like I have a little bit of a sore throat today. I don't I took a COVID test, but like after I left you in New York, I um took the train from Manhattan to New Haven, Connecticut, and then I rented a car and drove to Cape Cod to see my mom and to visit my in-laws. But as I've said before on the podcast, anytime I do anything publicly these days, I get something, whether it's like an infected eye, ear. Well, we're all, listen, we're all like very susceptible right now, I would say. Yeah. But anyway, had a nice visit in Cape Cod. It was the most Massachusetts-y. I forgot. I forgot how I went to Dunkin' Donuts every day. And and it's I forgot how many Dunkin' Donuts are in. I wish Josh Gondelman was here to talk about this with me because he would have reminded me how many Dunkin' Donuts are in gas stations, almost all of them. How people in Massachusetts are throwing away their last Dunkin' Donuts cup as they're going into the gas station Dunkin' Donuts to get their next one. They chain drink Dunkin' Donuts, especially on Cape Cod, and how they come out with their new coffee and a stack of scratch-off lottery tickets uh, that they immediately like sit on the edge of the gas station window and scratch. That's what I, I saw it. So many times, and I just forgot that it was a thing. Because, like, does California even have scratch-off tickets? I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen a person doing scratch-off lottery tickets. But I sat there, like, just shooting the shit with my mom in the gas station Dunkin' Donuts parking lot, drinking our, like, peppermint mocha lattes. And uh, we were just, like, people-watching, and every person came out with such a stack of scratchers. I used to love scratchers. I think they have them on the West, West Coast. I don't know. I, don't, I think it's just like, I don't know. Maybe it's it's like, it just, it's regional. Like what, 
You know what I mean? Yeah, because when I lived in New York, I during at some point they might have them now, but at some point there were not scratch tickets in New York. I don't think. And my old writing partner, Alan Katz, used to bring scratchers in from Connecticut so that we could scratch them together in the office at the Rosie O'Donnell show. And they were super complicated. It was like taking a test, scratching these scratch offs. It was very hard to not mess up the scratching off, but also to like tell if you could win. It was like a worksheet. It was way too much thinking. My mom and I were having a conversation. We were wondering if the reason people in Massachusetts seem to buy so many scratch-off tickets is because Massachusetts has a lot of winners. So, you know what I mean? Like, do they do they give out more money than other places that make people feel like, well, I have a good shot at winning this, so it's like more of a regular habit for them? Well, I do think that like... There's something to be said for like just spreading it out. Um, well, listen, whether or not you love scratchers, I think it would be fun if um, lottery people, instead of doing those like big giant, like $400 million things, if they were just like, we're going to do 300000 $1,000 ones. Yeah, that would be, you know, I worked in a drugstore in high school and we sold a huge amount of lottery tickets. Like people just regularly came in to get their like mass millions, mega millions, whatever their, you know, the the drawing lottery, like with the, and I remember that this family used to come in and it was like a mom with a, a lot of kids. I want to say she had like four kids minimum, maybe five. And they came in in this like really old minivan Every week, and she would get her lottery tickets every week, and the kids would be like, "Can I get candy? Can I get the?" And she always was like, "No, no," which I can understand because when yeah. you have that many kids. But I did think like, well, maybe like a couple bucks of what you're spending on the lottery. I was like a little judgmental. Maybe a couple bucks could go toward candy <laughs> once in a while. Hilarious. But, uh-huh. but you know, what did I know? I was a fucking teenager. Uh, which is wild that they let teenagers sell lottery tickets, but they did. Um, but uh, that's that, interesting. Actually, yeah, they. Like you, um, yeah, yeah. Okay. I anyway. sold lottery tickets and cigarettes, which is again like I don't know if that's legal now, but that's back weird. then, um, I did it. But um, that family won a million dollars, and I remember being so struck, like, holy shit, a million dollars. That is going to change their life. Like, I wondered if I would, you know, what I would do with a million dollars. Like, I just thought that's going to be so life-changing. And um, sure enough, they rolled up next week in a brand new minivan, uh, mom came in to buy the same Stop. amount of lottery tickets and the Stop kids asked it. for candy and she said no. And I was like, oh, life unchanged. Just a new vehicle. That's it. Oh, my God. That's really hilarious. Uh, uh, um, well, I feel like we have amazing guests today. We have Atsuko, who is our guest on our live show, but her special is out Yes, which is her, so exciting. Her HBO special is actually it's going to be out December tenth. So, oh, I thought it was out this week. It's no, you week. can see it. No, December. it's this week. Yeah, it this is. week. Yeah, it is it's this not, week. It's not. Out I'm not this, wrong. It's not out this second. It's out no, okay, in like okay, fine, a couple fine. days. Yeah, in a couple days. It's, it's yeah. your weekend plans. We're giving you yes. your weekend plans. Um, and we just love her so much. She's yeah. The best. It's Saturday night. You're going to watch Atsuka's special, and then Michael Osiello. 
who's an entertainment reporter and uh, wrote a book called Spoiler Alert, The Hero Dies. And that book has now been turned into a feature film that is in theaters right now called yes. Spoiler Alert. And I have to say, I cried so fucking hard and I loved the movie so much and I really recommend it. But we have both of those guys um, coming on as guests. Uh, but we have so many other things to like talk about, I feel like. Tell me what's what's on your mind. Well, I don't know. Like, I'm glad that Rev- Reverend Warnock won. Obviously, yeah, we very already started relieved. with that. Yeah, I wasn't. By ner- that. I have to say, I wasn't nervous. I was again even. because I the same people that I followed for the midterms that were like very confident that this was going to go our way and had very sound reasoning and weren't relying on like bullshit fake polls or whatever. Um, they both were very confident. Christopher Boozy and Al Giordano, both on Twitter, were sort of making a good case for why they thought it was going to go our way the whole time. Al Giordano swears that that was the last thing he's ever going to do on Twitter and he's leaving. So, um, and he was already private anyway. So if you weren't already following him, but I think he's on that new post social media. So you can follow him there. What is that? What are we, what are we doing? What is that? Post is like, you know, some people are on Mastodon. Some people have accounts on post. Some people are on what hive, I haven't settled on what my new Twitter is going to be. I got to be honest. I don't know honest. where to go. And, and maybe, maybe we, I just don't go anywhere. Maybe I just take a break from that. And maybe just, we should. Just stay on the sub stack. And like we have the Facebook group is very active, um, busy. And I, oh, we want to say thank you because on our Facebook group, listeners self-organized like a little holiday gift exchange and Busy and I signed up and we sent off our gifts and now we're waiting for our gifts to come. And uh, so I don't want to say what the gifts are in case they didn't arrive to people yet, but um, but it was really fun. And I just think it's it's fun to be waiting for a little present to come. Um, I do too. Yeah. I love presents. Yeah. And I feel bad because we didn't, everybody else sort of like said who they are and what their interests were so that you could like pick a good gift for them. But we didn't really fill that out because I guess we figure we spend three hours talking about who we are and what our interests are every week. So ours will just be like someone's best guess of what we would like. That's exciting though. It is exciting. exciting. It is exciting. I think it's exciting, except for um, there have been times when I've gotten like office secret Santa gifts where I'm like, what kind of personality am I putting out? Like, (laughs) Like, what is like, if you get like batteries or something, I'm like, what, what am I telling people? Does that, I always think it's like, it's. Something that I'm, I think it's like what I'm telling people about myself as opposed to what it says about the person who got the Mm, gift, you know? I think that's interesting. Yeah. I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, well, I, I don't know. I guess I'll go wherever. Like, I don't, I, I mean, Twitter wise or I, or I don't have, or I don't have to, I mean, I don't, I mean, Maybe we just know. get that, we just reclaim that time back into our lives. I don't know. I, I don't mean, really spend that much time um, on Twitter, but I will say that I sort of 
use it as news, like a news. Well, that's the real tragedy, right. especially in, in places that have only state-sponsored media. That's uh-huh. where they were getting news about, like, where they live. Right. But for me, I was just, like, getting news, but also fucking around on Twitter. But I have to say, I... I looked at Twitter this morning. I opened it and like my timeline is broken. Like yesterday, I my whole entire feed was just tweets from this woman, Brandy, who's a comedian in Minneapolis, who I love, but that's all my timeline was. That's all it was only tweets from her over the last 24 hours. And she tweeted quite a bit, but there should have been other things mixed in. And then this morning, I opened it, and all it was was tweets from 15 hours ago. And I, every I kept refreshing it, and I never got anything newer than 11 hours old on my timeline. So I feel like it's it's finally breaking down. Oh wow, interesting. Yeah, huh. which is it's weird. It's almost like not to anthropomorphize or like give life to something that's not, you know, but it's some it's a place where i met a lot of amazing people and talked to a lot of amazing people over the years and it's a place where i got affirmation and confirmation that i was funny and that i could yeah. write jokes in my own voice that people would appreciate and you know, it's been like the better part of 15 years of my life, like a regular part of it. So it's a little weird to to watch it um, sort of swirl down the toilet. Well, you know it's my favorite. (laughs) You know what my favorite is. Guys, you know. ZocDoc! And listen, it is tis the season. You've been leaning very heavily on ZocDoc lately, I feel like. Tis the season to book my appointments with my ENT via ZocDoc. Um, Guys... You wouldn't, you wouldn't like when you make restaurant reservations now, I know you just use an app and I know that like, if you decide to try a new restaurant, you look on your little app and you're like, oh, there's reviews from what other people say about this restaurant. Mm, I don't feel like French food tonight. I'm going (laughs) to go with this other restaurant. Well, that's what ZocDoc does for you, except for doctors. It helps you navigate the very often unnecessarily difficult task of finding quality doctors in your network, in your neighborhood who can see you uh, with real verified patient reviews and you can find the right doctor for you. It's easy to book. I do it. I did it three times in the past week. <laughs> wow. Just FYI. Um, it's really so user friendly and ZocDoc is a free app. Yeah. A free app that shows you the doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available to see you when you need to see them. Which There's is ev- the best thing. That's because the best part. Who's, like, pre-shopping for a doctor in case, no you one. know, they no one. get a sinus infection? Except, Nobody. Except I do want to say this. Here's yeah. the only doctor you should pre-shop for if you have children, a pediatric plastic surgeon. Oh, okay. Case, That's good advice. Case, you should just have you just should just have, have their, their number, number. Yeah. Just in case like your kid falls into a cabinet or something and like yeah. Well ZocDoc can help fit. you find that. This so, is what I'm saying. You yeah. can go to ZocDoc.com and uh find a doctor that yeah. is right for you. Every month millions of people use ZocDoc. I am one hundred percent one of them. It is 
my go-to whenever I need to find. And now that I've found a bunch of great doctors on ZocDoc, it's whenever I need to book them. It's just easier. So easy. It's so easy. Managing your calendar is so difficult and ZocDoc just finds an appointment when you're available, when the doctor's available. And it's just, it's so much easier than trying to have that conversation with with a person, frankly. Yes, who's like, can you please hold? Sorry, yeah. sorry. Okay, what were we looking at? We were looking at the 17th. Wait, okay, the 15th, great. Okay, wait, I'm sorry. Can you please hold? No, <laughs> none of that. ZocDoc is where it's at. Go to ZocDoc.com slash doing her best and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash doing her best. ZocDoc.com slash doing her best. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Guys, tis the season. We're navigating a lot of challenges right now. Um, And unfortunately, life doesn't really come with a user manual. Sometimes it's uh, easy to feel stuck. And I know the holidays are coming up and the holidays can be a particularly tricky time for some people. And sometimes it sneaks up on you and you don't know that it's tricky. And you're like, no, I'm fine at the holidays. And then all of a sudden... You're not feeling great. Right. And uh, and therapy is truly a thing that we can all get behind. We can all use the help uh, and better help, honestly, whether it's like coping skills, um, self-esteem or empowerment, dealing with trauma, just the blues. Yeah. Um, better help has matched three million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. It's affordable. It's the world's largest therapy service. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. And if things aren't clicking with that therapist, here's the good news. You can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. There's no waiting rooms. There's no waiting in traffic. No endless searching for the right therapist. Better help will help you. And if you're having a feeling like so many people are, which is just like overwhelm, maybe you're not even aware that therapy could be a thing that could that could help you in this moment. I think that sometimes people are like, no, 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 it's just I have too much. Like right. I just, I feel overwhelmed. I just have right. too much. Guess what? Therapy can help you put those, that too much into places where you can deal with it and uh, and help you feel start to feel better like immediately. Um, I yeah. return again and again when I feel stuck, when I feel overwhelmed. I know that my therapist is the, the person that I need to reach out to um, and set an appointment. And listen, betterhelp.com slash busy. You can learn more and save 10% off your first month. And again, it's affordable. It's online. Um, And therapists are trained to help you figure out the stuff that's causing challenging emotions and help you learn productive coping skills um, and and give give you the tools to move through this like complicated and intense world that we all live in. So 
Learn more. Save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash busy. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash busy. I was at a thing last night and like people were like, Oh no, I was at a thing two nights. You guys, I've been at so many things. Tis the yeah. season. Yeah. Tis the season for things. And then people are like back, but it's also fundraising season. Like there's lots of like different kinds of fundraiser yeah. things happening. And I went, Gail sent my friend Gail Simmons invited me to uh, be her guest at the Children of Conflict. Uh well, they were called they call it a wassail. Which oh, wassail. It's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're wassail. Like you care but- you caroled or no, it was oh. like Mark. It was like the Mumford and Sons. It was like a. Yeah. It was like a performance thing. I got it because yeah. Marcus Mumford and Carrie Mulligan like are big uh, supporters of the Children of Conflict or on in the UK. It's called War Child UK. Oh, great! Um, and so it's a fundraiser that you know the money all goes to improving the lives of um, children affected by war around yeah. the world. Um, but what was my point about that? Oh, so I went to that the other night. Yeah. Um, and then I went to the Choose Love pop-up shop yesterday with my girls five Eva ladies. So fun. Um, and it was Choose nice Love. Nice to see you guys together again. Well, it was like the best thing because honestly, remember you were there when I was like, we, I wanted to get out of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's not that it's not that I wasn't. We weren't excited to do it. It was you just, just that, like a lot this. Going on. Everybody has a lot going on this week. We're like leading up to the holidays, right? People are stressed out. I'm stressed out, and uh, and I have a lot going on. I am going to LA tomorrow morning for a fundraiser that I'm doing with the girls from Doen who make the beautiful dresses I love for Planned Parenthood. So I'm yeah. like doing that, you know. And I had agreed to do. I had agreed to that many moons ago. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, it is a full moon. Yes. Today. Um, so full moon and Gemini, that's you, baby. That's me. Um, it's my time. But, but like, so it wasn't that we all didn't want to do the carpool karaoke TV show, which is not the thing with James Corden, apparently. Now, carpool karaoke just has its own show. It's self-driving like a Tesla. Self-driving like a Tesla, babies. And except you drive a Range Rover on the show. And, uh, and, uh, and it wasn't that we didn't all want to do it. It was just that like the timing of it is tricky. Yeah, it was difficult. It was difficult. Sarah Brellis's birthday is today. So anyway, last week we were like, maybe we should just push it, like punt it to closer to when our show's coming back, you know, and we'll yeah. we want to do it, but maybe we just do it then. But they were like, we already, the wheels were set in motion. So we can't, can't do it. You know, it's like a production of yeah. the whole thing. So we're like, okay, great. Let's do it. I had the idea because my friend Dawn, who does Choose Love, which is an incredible organization too. If you're looking for good gifts for people who have everything, highly recommend Choose Love. Go on their website. I think it's chooselove.org. And you can like purchase items for uh, children or, uh, you know, people who are fleeing also like war torn countries, refugees, like escaping violence, like, um, and it's everything from like, you can buy these packages, like everything a family of four needs to help, you know, for one month, basically. Um, that's great. And then you can, and then they give you like a cute little gift card and you can give it to your friends being like, Hey, instead of giving you some useless shit, we got 
really useful things for people who right. really need it. Anyway, so I had the idea. I knew they were doing their like pop-up shop in New York for the holidays. And I was like, why don't we go there and like, you know, volunteer and do right. a thing instead of just like doing some weird thing like bits, you know, all it's all bits yeah. all the time. So we did and it was like really great. And uh Good. and I was happy to do it. And also like we had the most fun doing the carpool karaoke of it. But even like when I woke up in the morning, I was just like, I didn't want to do it. You know, like I was just like, I'm, yeah. there's too many other things happening in my life. Like there's too much of a mess everywhere. I need to like clean things. I need to like get organized. I don't have my holiday plans. I don't even know when I'm traveling. Like I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what my kids are doing. I don't have, it was, it's just a lot, you know, like I feel very overwhelmed, but then it was so heart filling to be with my friends who I do that TV show with and to sing like Dua Lipa and George Michael Freedom and I say a little prayer for like we sang these songs in the car I don't know if they all make it onto the show or whatever but we had the best time and then in the middle of it the producer radios into our car because they're like in front of you there's cars like in front of you and behind you that are with yeah. the production, but like Renee was really yeah. driving. And then there's all these cameras yeah. like everywhere. Um, but the producer radios in and he's like, guys, we have breaking news. And I literally was like, oh my God, something happened, like something terrible happened, like war. Like li- that was what yeah. where my brain went. Yeah. He's that's like, where your brain goes. He's like, Renee. And then I was like, oh no. Oh God. Oh God, please. Like, I'm like, I don't know why. I was l- preparing myself for something terrible. And then he was like, Renee, you were just nominated for a Critics' Choice Award for Best Actress in a Comedy Series for Girls 5 Eva. And we started screaming. And it was like the greatest moment ever. And I felt like, I don't know how to describe it. Like I was like, none of, to be, none of us wanted to do the thing yesterday because we yeah. all have so many things happening. Yes. That we got to be together for that moment when Renee found out that she was nominated for our show is like, I can't even imagine another scenario in which that would have been possible. Uh. And it was so awesome because first of all, like she's so good in season two of our show. And I did sort of feel like it was sad to me that more people weren't getting a chance to like really see how brilliant she is. Yeah. You know, because it, it just, you know, because it's hard, it was hard to find the show. A lot of people don't have, whatever. Anyway. And I, we were just like all so excited and like, and we talked about it after the thing too. Like I do just feel like any accolades that any of us, get for the show feels like a win for all of us for all you know? of you yeah. yeah and like not in a way that I'm like trying to like take credit for anyone else's thing I'm like just so genuinely proud of the work that Renee did and does but like I love to watch it I love to see it and I love how truly generous like everyone on that show is like yeah you know like 
this is a bit of a Hollywood break, I guess, but like, you know, a lot of times when you're doing comedy, there's a thing that I have for years called competitive um, improv I've on sets. Right. And that's where like, you know, there's always an opportunity to like, if there's an opportunity to throw in an extra joke, oftentimes what will end up happening is competitive improv where actors are like fighting for a joke or if like you say something, this used to happen on another show I was on, like I would say something, I would come up with like a joke, but then the next take someone else would take it. You know what I mean? Uh. Yeah. And it's like, it's like whoever gets it first, kind of like, it's right. like, it's like stupid. It's also yeah. dumb. Like, yeah, that's how it is in writer's rooms too. Right. But we're like, yeah. we're all on TV guys. Like, right. You know? Right. And I've always hated it. And I would be a lot of times I would just like bow out. Cause I'm like, I'm not into competitive improv and on girls five Eva. What's so incredible because the four of us are funny and we all have our own like, pitches and our own jokes and whatever is that it literally the opposite of competitive improv happens with the four of us where like we will pitch jokes for each other to each other like but not in like a not in like a way it's just just like also like if Meredith has a pitch of an of a joke in a scene and she gives it to one of us if we feel like it's one of the other characters like more so makes sense for them to say it. We give it like, we all do that. So, you know, like Renee before has been like, I feel like that's a, I feel like that's like a Dawn joke. Like, I don't know if that's a wiki joke, you know? And I don't know. It's just, it's rare to be in a creative space with four such supremely talented genius people that I get to watch every day and feel so lucky to be a part of. And then to be able to celebrate Renee's nomination, it really did feel like it's an honor just to be next to someone nominated. (laughs) It was so fortuitous. And I'm so happy. I mean, you're all super talented, but she is like, when you're talking about like a triple threat in entertainment, like they can act, they can sing, they can dance. She's like a sextuple threat, I feel like, because she can sing, she can act, she can dance, but she's also funny, but she's also gifted in like theater and on camera, but also she's she's so emotionally intelligent and curious like that who she is as a person when she's not playing a character is also really incredible. Dynamic. Really dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. She's just, she's got it all. And uh, you all are amazing. And I'm so happy that you guys were together. What I'm glad, I'm glad that you went. Yeah, me too. Well, I mean, I had no choice, but like, I'm glad that I am. I'm glad that the powers that be when like the four of us were like, should we see if we can do this in the spring instead of like this week? The powers that be were like, actually, no, we've already done too much groundwork for this. And right. Like we got it. We have to do it. It would be a big bummer if we didn't do it today, you know, this right, week. Right. I'm just so grateful that that was all in motion so that we could have this moment, which is, you know, just again, goes to show you guys, you gotta, you just show up. You know what I yeah. mean? Cause you never know what the universe has got in store for you. Yeah. Um, and then last night I went to a dinner for Carla Welch. Oh my God. It's just too much stuff. It's yeah. too much. Stylist Carla Welch. You guys know her. You follow her on Instagram. I'm sure. 
Um, and she Friends filled me in on some super exciting period stuff that she'll be able to share. We'll be able to share in the oh, future. Oh, great. Period is like the, her the period, period underwear, underwear company. Uh-huh. That's so great. I know. I know. And, uh, and I don't even remember what the point was. It was something I was going to say something about at a, but I was at a part. I don't know. I don't know. It was something about the party that I was at. Um, the, at and, Carla's party? Yeah. And like, I don't know. I don't remember now. <sighs> but it was, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a but, lot. Um, and it was raining. Oh my goodness. I know. Yeah. I feel like. I'm identifying very strongly with what you said. I I went to Massachusetts and I would like to shout out where I stayed, which is the Anchor Inn in Hyannis. They literally, Sandy and the gang, this is just a place I found on an app I was as I was driving to Cape Cod. Sandy and the gang there treated me like I was family and it was my house. That place had like a little library that you could sit in. Ah, by I the love f- it. By the fire I'll overlooking overlooking the harbor. You have to go there. Watching the boats in the harbor and making myself hot chocolate and tea and coffee. And How was Sandy- your mom? She was great. I mean, she hung out. They treated my mom like she was a queen. I stayed at a place because I didn't want my mom to worry about like hosting me and fussing over me. Also, she lives in a small place and I feel uncomfortable after having traveled like I could potentially infect my mom. So I like to stay somewhere where I'm it's like... very conscientious. I think yeah, it's really I'm nice. just like sleeping in, you know, in a room that's separate. Anyway, they treated my mom like a queen when she came to visit me over just the course of a few days. And it was so funny because we went and um, this is a place that's been like family owned business for like 70 years, I think. And recently a corporation purchased it. And so they everybody was talking a lot about like, well, you know, some things are going to change, but we're trying to like maintain the the family feeling. And they really treated me like I was part of the family and um and it was such a I felt like I was in a holiday special because there was like a holiday event going on in Hyannis it's called like the stroll where everybody strolls down Main Street and like there's jugglers and people doing ice sculptures and all the businesses are out on the streets like giving samples of food and there's like a light up boat parade which we watched from the grounds of the hotel but um there were so many my mom came the first night that I was there and we're sitting in the library with our masks on, um, but sitting by the fire and having tea and cookies, whatever, saltwater taffy, whatever the fuck you eat on Cape Cod. And um, people were just checking in, like coming in from the cold, checking in everybody with like their festive scarves and hats and all bundled up and coming in to get tea and talking to us about the big weekend and everything. And it was really, really, it was really sweet and wonderful. And um, yeah, highly recommend like they know what they're doing at that place like they know oh (laughs) we went to we watched the boat parade and they started up like the fire pit for us outside so we'd be warm sitting outside watching the boat parade and then they were like they knew that we were like vibing on the the library spending a lot of time in there and they were like just fyi tonight from five to eight we're having like our staff christmas party and we're using the library so it won't be open and we were like yeah that's fine we're like hanging out outside and we'll probably go to dinner or whatever um and then when we came in from the boat parade 
at about six o'clock. We were chilly and we were like, let me, I was like, let me just go get some stuff from my room and then we can go to dinner. And then the entire staff was like, no, come in. There's seats in the library. Come in to our party. Like they invited us into their staff party. And we're yeah, like, they were like, make, make a plate. We have way too much food. Get cake. They poured my mom the biggest glass of wine I've ever seen in my life. And I was like, playing Jenga with one of the children of the staff members. And it's just really, really sweet. And I felt like I was in like that, um, that Muppet Christmas special where everyone goes to Fozzie's mom's house. I don't know if you're familiar, but if you are, you'll know exactly what it, what it felt like being at that place. Um, but anyway, just had a really nice time. And then, um, but yeah, traveling by yourself is rough and I made it well. You gave me my Christmas gift. I was bound and determined just to have like a small bag when I went and I didn't bring an extra bag. Oops, that was my sorry. mistake. You gave me my Christmas gift. We exchanged gifts when we saw each other mm-hmm. and yours was, you know, it's like a good size. That would have been fine. Don't be sorry. Don't apologize. Guys, I got, I got Casey. I'm just going to, can we tell? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got Casey the Dyson Air Wrap Styler. Which is, it's really great and I love it and I thank you so much. And part of the reason why I got it for her was because I accidentally ordered two (laughs) (laughs) a long time ago. But also because I know she really likes using her um, very affordable Revlon one. But I also know that she bleaches her hair and that the Revlon one... um, isn't you're not able to like control like the temperature. control the temperature, yeah. and I think that the other I think that the Dyson one is a little bit in that regard. Yeah, yeah. For These me, are- for my for my money, that Dyson thing air wrap styler is the best money I've ever spent. Yeah, because. There's all these like styling tools that yes, I had to watch YouTube tutorials to yes. figure out how to do, but like literally can do my hair and it looks professional. For instance, they offered to book me hair and makeup for carpool karaoke yesterday, and you were like, but, "No, well, don't need I it. just be, well, it's not that I don't need it. It's just that like, and guys, I know you listening at home. I get it. It sounds like a real luxury for someone to come over and do your hair and makeup for you. And it is, and it's lovely. However, it also is like an hour, solid hour and a half of your time yeah. that it you're sitting in a chair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like, if you are in the midst of chaos, as I am in this moment, I'm like, I don't have that time. I will right. just do my own hair and makeup. Right. And because I can do it in 30, you yeah. know? Yeah. Standing. Hollywood break, hair and makeup, even though I love every hair and makeup artist I've ever worked with, it's also as like a producer or writer, the most frustrating time because that's the time when you often need to talk to your host or your talent about what they're totally. about to do. And hair and makeup always is like having like either their own conversation amongst themselves or with the talent where they're like, oh, so I was telling you about that vacation. And I'm like, I just need to talk to her about the monologue. Um, And so that is difficult. And then also the blow dryers are noisy and it's hard to like accomplish work when those blow dryers are blowing. I, yes. Yeah. Or when you have to like make a kissy face or do whatever with your eyes. It's really, it's like, that's crunch time on a show. And, uh, 
And it's it's really, really difficult. You can't talk. Remember, like, when we, I yeah. was doing hair and makeup uh, for the commercial thing we were filming? Yeah. And we need... I couldn't, she was like, busy, can you please stop talking for two seconds so that yes. I can just finish lining yes. the lips? Because everyone's like, just yes. trying to do their job. Everyone's just trying to do their job, but it all happens at the same time. And so if you're ever building a schedule for a television show, maybe consider the fact that no real work is getting done during the hour of hair and makeup, even though you think that that's true. But anyway, you got me that Dyson... Thing. But it's a I lot to, to pack. And I did think about it. And I did think that I should have offered to ship it back for you. I'm sorry. No, no, it, no. Don't apologize at all. Uh, it was so generous and I love it. That would have been fine. But here's what else happened is that I was like, I just need to find a bag. Because I only brought one bag, I still was like allotted my personal item. So I was like, I just need to find a bag that I can put this blow dryer in and then my little purse can like fit in there and then that'll be my personal item. And then um, my mom gave me a number of family things that she wanted to... uh, for me to have. And that was uh, fine that also, but then I needed to find space for those things. And, uh, you know, again, glad to have them. My mother-in-law gave me some bottle brush trees from the 1940s. Hey, what? Can I see them? Yes. I'll send you a little pic of them. Please. Um, We can post them too. Yes, those weren't big at all. They're very tiny, but I wanted to make sure that they were properly protected because they're, you know, they look like they're from the 1940s. Like they've they've seen. I have some... my grandma's um, Christmas ornaments. I have some of my grandma's like vintage, yeah. antique yeah. Christmas ornaments from the 40s. And then I was like, now that I'm where I'm at with the bottle brush trees and the family heirlooms and the blow dryer, I'm going to go to the grocery store and buy for my husband, Matt, the only thing that he loves as much as he loves me, Entenmann's Fudge Ice Golden Cakes. And this is a thing that's only available on the East Coast? Only, it's not available on the West Coast. I know that. I didn't and know, it, I didn't know, I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, no, and so, but they may be available like up to like the middle of the country. I don't know. You tell us listeners, but they were available where I was. And I was like, I'm just going to try to get these cakes. And like, anyway, I carried three cakes on a plane, a very small plane leaving Providence, Rhode Island. It's a miracle that they made it home, but it all made it home and it was all fine. But it wasn't, it was a challenge. It was a challenge. And I was, I was by myself and I felt very precarious the entire time. If I had showed up at home with smashed cakes, I would have been bummed out. Well, yeah, no one wants a smashed cake. Yeah, exactly. But also the present that Casey got for me <laughs> that originally exploded, but yes. then made it is this genius set like kit that is for pickers, for people who pick. And it's yeah. like a special kind of like silicone paint that goes onto a lava rock. And then it comes with a little, some picking things that you can use. It's gone. I've lost it to Birdie. Oh, it's no. <laughs> Birdie's favorite thing in the world. Birdie saw it immediately and was like, oh, you got me one? And I was like, <laughs> I did not. Casey got it for me. Aww. But you, my love, may use the picking thing, the picking oh, toy. 
Um, but Birdie is already obsessed and has done it like five times. Oh, I'm glad Birdie <laughs> likes it. And but then, it is like, I can't wait to do it, but I just have yeah. to, I'm going to let Birdie, uh, Birdie experience that first. And then the Gina sweater, is it from, uh, did you get it on Etsy? Where did the Gina sweater come it's from? It's from a company called Knitwise that does like a beautiful job. I think, oh my God. I think the company is in Asia. Um, so I was like a little worried about whether it would get here on time or like how, how that would go. But I have to say like Knitwise doesn't sponsor the podcast, but they are super wonderful. And I, they worked with me on picking the best picture of Gina that would work to get knitted into this sweater. Um, for busy Guys, and they I love it so much. <laughs> um I I'm just only not wearing it today because the rain has made it weirdly like hot here. Like so. muggy. Yeah. Yeah. But um but also the girl that's been babysitting for us, Quinn became obsessed with it and is like, how long does it take to get one of these done? I was like, it, Quinn, I don't know. It's a present. I don't know the answer to this. I don't know. It didn't so really take it, it didn't really take that long. I think I wonder I, if people like, still have Time. I don't think people still have time to order it for the holidays, but mm-hmm. I do think that you can get like a, a electronic gift card, which I always love because because also then if people are getting like a sweater with their pet on it or whatever, then they can choose the photo that they want. Maybe it's a photo of two pets, whatever, but you can get everything. You can get blankets, pillows, sweaters. So here's what we need to do for this podcast. You name it. Because we're going to do we're going to go back to a little visual guide. <laughs> so let's well, post say, our gifts. Yeah, we'll post gifts, but also we should do like a little gift guide on the Substack maybe for people that are looking Oh, let's for, do it. Yeah, for ideas and like offbeat ideas cuz I love an offbeat idea. Me and if, too. And we don't have a, we don't we don't have a, any commerce thing set up yet, so we're not going to get any kickback. <laughs> no, from no. I mean like I just but I just feel like I don't even care because the things that I like, I just really, and that company Knitwise like really came through and did a beautiful job on that sweater for you. And I was so happy it came out. So cute. Um, I know. I need to like, I, okay. I really, I really feel behind on gifts. Oh God. You know what I did yet? I'm behind on gifts, but I was so happy that like yours was ready for the time when I was going to see you. But, um, for my husband, Matt, I actually did a gift that I made that I was so proud. I didn't make it, but like my husband, you know, he works at, um, a grocery store and they, uh, wear colorful shirts. We've uh, said what part grocery of the- store. Before. I don't, I never want to say just because like, you know, who knows? I don't want to blow up his spot, whatever. Um, but anyway, well, there's like a million of them. <laughs> but um, but he likes to wear colorful pants that go with the colorful shirts, and there are many colors of shirts. And so, um, but his favorite work pants are Dickies, and it is rare for them to come in any kind of color that's not gray. Khaki, khaki or navy or black. So anyway, I ordered some khaki and some gray dickies and I used Rit dye, good old Rit dye to take the color out of them and then I dyed 
uh, some pants for him, but I already gave them to him, which is why I can tell you because it was like hard to do. I was trying to do it for Christmas, but then I made them yesterday, two pairs, um, and they came out so great that I thought maybe he would want to wear them like in the run up to the holiday season and be festive at work. But I made a beautiful like, uh, like a aqua aquamarine blue pair and um like an emerald green pair and they came out so good and Ooh, I like that yeah so I'm excited I'm gonna do also like maybe like a yellow like a mustard yellow pair and like a cherry red pair and uh yeah so anyway I was really proud of myself it came out good if I can do dyeing like I know I mean I know tie dye is like a project that everybody did over the pandemic but like. Don't forget about dying, guys. Dying can you can take something that you don't love in your closet because like maybe it's not the right color and you have options with dying and it's really easy and if I can do it and it wasn't like a huge mess, I just I don't forget dying. Dying just, is a thing. Guys, don't forget it. Don't forget <laughs> about it. I think I forget about Everyone, it. Let's not forget about Don't dying. forget dying. Good old Rit Die is is still your friend. Um, but you have to shop. You're like so behind. Yeah. Yeah. I'm behind on everything. But it's only like, December 7th I right now. It, it's already done. It's already over. This is what I feel like. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I really feel like that. I really feel like it's already over. And I've, my mom is like, I have like, I'm having like a little bit. Of, I'm just having some like family stuff that's, yeah. and I'm like also feeling conflicted about, like, I'm just feeling conflicted about like what my plan, my plans are, my travel plans are, yeah. or like where I even want to be or what I want to do. I'm supposed to do that thrilling adventure hour show. Right. Like the weekend before the holidays sort of start. And uh, yeah. well, i.e. my children are the week weekend before my kids are off school. Yeah. And, or they start to be off school. And I'm like feeling like that's a lot of traveling for me to go yeah. to LA and then back to New York to get the kids to go to see my family. But then also like my dad's having surgery and my mom is like, I don't know. It's just a lot. Like I just, right. it's I a just, lot. I feel overwhelmed. And yeah, like I'm trying my best at keeping it all in perspective and like yeah. being grateful for the things that I'm grateful for and having, you know, so much. I, I do. I have so much. Um, like I have an expansive amount of of being truly grateful yeah. for the things in my life. Um, yeah. It's just, I this time is really complicated. And I think also because... Um, of Mark and my separation, divorce, yeah, and the kids, it's like more, it's hitting me in a, like a different way this year. Yeah. It's confusing me a little bit. Yeah. Also, my father-in-law's, I mean, former father-in-law, but whatever, yeah. he's my father, like the guy that was my father, Mark's dad. How about that? My kid's grandfather. Yeah. Birdie called Mark's parents by their 
wait, what did she say to me? She said, my dad's mom. And I was like, oh. and I was like, Mimi? And she's like, yeah. well, yeah, but he, she's not your Mimi. And I was like, dude, okay. You don't have to like <laughs> change the way that you talk about your grandparents because. Right. Anyway. But it was uh, Mark's dad's birthday yesterday. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, he's not been doing great, but he's, he's hanging in and he's got like a neurological thing similar to MS. Yeah. Um, and it's been a, a hard year and a half. Yeah. Um, but this is just like, I, this is just like, again, like just universe stuff. Um, Birdie went with her friend slash action, like babysitter. Yeah. <laughs> to Lula um, to see little women. They were doing like a screening of it for the holidays because it's, you know, it's such like yeah, a holiday-ish yeah, movie. Sure. And randomly, they just decided to go to Katz's Deli for dinner, uh-huh. which is Mark's dad's favorite restaurant from Aww. like for all, from all time, like from when he like lived here yeah. in the 40s and 50s yeah. and 60s. So anyway, just like on his birthday, they like had dinner, Birdie Aww. had dinner at Katz's and I just thought it was so sweet. Like... Yeah, genetics is a powerful genetics thing. Genetics are just really powerful. That's what I told my son, Lincoln. He uh, <sighs> put an Instagram story of the screenplay of It's a Wonderful Life and just with the caption, it's time. And uh, I just was like, genetics is so powerful, man. It's such a powerful thing because like, I mean, everybody has a favorite movie, but It's a Wonderful Life is like a thing for me. Like, it's like a thing. <laughs> Um, I watch it usually every night in December. Um, and really, yeah, yeah. I have a few movies that I watch like nightly in certain months, and most of them involve Prince. I'm gonna be honest, but It's a Wonderful Life is a thing. Prince also loved It's a Wonderful Life. Um, so it just gives it double meaning. But to see, like, I never pushed it on my kids. Like, I watch it on my own in my room. Like, I put it on late at night when I'm just, like, getting things done uh, before going to sleep. And so I think my kids maybe saw it, like, once or twice uh, during their lifetime, like, it ha- if it happened to be on or whatever. And um, to just see, like, how it's a thing for Lincoln is so funny to me. And we're really excited because we're going to um, the Ed Asner Family Center, uh, which is this organization that Ed Asner's family uh, maintains um, that does amazing things for people. They're hosting like a a virtual uh, table read of the script of It's a Wonderful Life. And I think Brendan Fraser is going to be George Bailey. And it has an amazing cast. And so we're going to we're going to get a ticket to watch that together, I think, on Sunday. And we're yeah, we're so excited to see that. But um, yeah, genetics, it's powerful, right? It's so weird. Drives you to go to Katz's Deli. <laughs> <laughs> and to obsess over It's a Wonderful Life, I guess. And to obsess over It's a Wonderful Life. And also <laughs> for Birdie to be just like a really intense feminist. And I did want to just talk about this a little bit. Yeah, I, please. I, I would like some like I'm going to, I mean, I can, I'm going to get parenting help from like the parenting people that I, you know, the therapist people, but (laughs) I also just want to talk about this because like, I feel like people have teenagers, they have teen girls or 
teen teens who feel things. Teens who I think a lot of teens feel things right now. You know, like not that teens have not felt things. I mean, think teens are always feeling. Yeah, teens are the most feeling of the feelings. They're made of feelings. They're made of fucking feelings, and you know, Birdie's um, definitely my child, and pays attention and is aware of the world and is also just in recent months become so acutely aware of boys in their grade sort of becoming or displaying or testing out, you know, I don't know what version these are kids that everybody's learning right yeah um you know what what seems like in the way that birdie describes it like a lot of like toxic masculine qualities you know in class and they have birdie goes to like a progressive school and they have a lot of like debates in the classroom and they talk about a lot of like you know pretty intense subjects some of which land really close to home for Birdie because it's not like a hypothetical for Bird. Right. You know, Birdie is, identifies as, you know, certain ways that like, I think then when they get into these discussions in class for some of the kids, it's like they're, they're able to discuss it and be removed from it in some way. But for Birdie, it's it's very, very difficult. It's personal. It's very personal. And, and I'm talking about like gender studies and um, sexuality stuff and also, but also history. Like that has been really interesting. Um, I'm grateful. Like I, I know a lot about the curriculum at the school that my kids go to. And I'm grateful that they do um, like a very inclusive history uh whatever curriculum yeah for you know it's like i don't they're just they're aware of how they you know education needs to be more inclusive of the whole truth of right. the history especially of our country right right um and they honor that and like a lot of the lessons like center around that. Right. But they also let the kids debate a lot of things. And so, you know, there've been like these debates recently in the last month for their it's a, a equivalent to social studies class. Yeah, yeah. Whatever they call it. Why do, why do all the classes have to have different weird names? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, just call it what I know what it, it's to true. Be. Yes. I, why does it have to be so hard? And it just, I guess it is. Yeah. Um, and Birdie's like, okay, I'm just going to share this because I like, I'm really having a hard time, you know? Yeah. But yesterday I was, after we finished, we wrapped carpool karaoke and we decided to go get a late ladies lunch to celebrate Sarah Bareilles' birthday. Yeah. Um, which is today. Uh and I was sitting there and Birdie was, I knew Birdie was in like one of these classes mm-hmm. and she texts me 
I'm so angry all the time. I don't want to be mom. And I wrote back like, I know, honey. And she wrote, I'm a bad person, a really bad person. And I'm like, you're not a bad person. You are fighting a thing that feels unjust and feels crazy making. And you're not a bad person for being angry about the injustice that you see around you and the ease with which these boys move through the world. Because that's really what when we, when Bertie comes home at night and we like have a chance to watch the crown together and then like, yeah, Bertie will chat about a thing that happened or whatever. What I'm realizing is that it's the ease that the boys move through the world and move through things like debates about hypothetical people left out of the Declaration of Independence to them, hypothetical. You know right. what I mean? Like, right. because it doesn't really affect them. Right. Um, and I was trying to say to Bird, I'm like, it, it's, I do think it's about figuring out the best way to channel your feelings and not letting it, not letting like your feelings of anger at injustice oppress you, right? Right. But I don't know how to have that. I don't know how to help the kid practice that or put it into practice. Like, Bertie literally was like, I have the urge to hit this one boy right. every day. Right. Like that's something, and Bertie said, that's something a bad person would do. And I was like, it's not. I get it. Like I really understand. And also I don't know how to tell, I don't know how to help Bertie figure out how to channel it somewhere else. And also because I, my fear would be that the message received would be like, you aren't allowed to be angry or right. you're not allowed to feel rage about these things. You know what I right. mean? And I want right. to be really mindful of the fact that like, I'm with her. Like, right. this sucks, you know? But like, how... And also, and fucking also... I want like moms of boys to be more like you, Casey, but like, I don't know how to, I don't know what else to do here. Like we've had, I've had conversations with the Dean. We've had conversations right. I, with her world teacher who is also, by the way, the world teacher is incredible and is like the head of the, the feminist club that Bertie's a part of at, the school yeah. and is aware of the dynamics. But it's like, at the end of the day, the messages that these kids, especially the boys, are still getting culturally are allowing for this thing to like continue to be perpetrated. Yeah. You know? It's really hard. It's really hard because even if moms... Even if moms took it upon themselves to, you know, to make things different with boys, it's 
it's really not enough. Like I was very lucky. You have to have like everybody has to be on the same team and everybody like the you need dads too to yes. be like this is the mission and you need mom and dad to be on the same page to be like and when we see something else being reinforced that we don't like, we have to present a united front and speak up about like, that's not how we're teaching our kids. It's really hard. It's really hard. Because it's also like so many, like, I mean, you literally just said it, but it's so many layers. Yes. It is so many layers. It's so many layers. And like, we've had, we've had this conversation about how like, So many people are doing so many things right, and it's still so hard because even the best guy is still raised in this world where all of this shit is, like, ingrained, where they can just walk around playing devil's advocate, not ever even realizing that the thing that they're just, you know, mulling over and just thinking about for funsies is like someone's real fucking life and their yes that's exactly it their lived experience for bird i just feel like here's something that's and maybe this will be helpful to you maybe this will be helpful to people listening grown-ups listening but maybe helpful for bird too i do a lot of like reverse engineering situations like and I realize, I want to say before I even explain what I'm talking about, I realize that it sounds like, you know, a lot of times when, like, a kid is bad in school and you've seen it in a a million after-school specials, like, a parent, a well-meaning parent will say, well, like, put yourself in their shoes. Like, maybe things are rough at home. You know, that's like a a trope. Like, if you look a little deeper, maybe they have a lot going on and that's why they act the way. I don't believe, like... I'm not saying that. I think, like, everybody does things for whatever the reason may be. It doesn't offer an excuse for bad behavior or for ignorant behavior. There is no excuse for it. That is, like, uh, that's a a sore spot. It's a sticking spot with a lot of people. Um, But at the end of the day, it's your job, whether you're a kid or a grown-up or whatever, to figure out, like, what your bad, ignorant spots are. It's nobody's responsibility to point that out to you. But I will say that for me, and I was a super angry kid, and I think my mom was a super angry person when I was a kid, and so that's where I learned it. And anger can be useful. It can be a useful tool to motivate you to do things, Um, but it can also be kind of terrible because if you're just marinating in anger and it just becomes your default behavior and you know then you find yourself it's so easy just to get angry at everything and to see the injustice in everything and what's wrong with everything and that's just not a fun way to live it's like living with like a stomach ache isn't a fun way to live no you know and i feel like we've literally talked about this in vis-a-vis me (laughs) yeah (laughs) recently you know what I mean yeah and like I'm so aware of the fact that like my kid is in the same way that I am like a lot of these boys are really like this is their parents coming through them yeah like I'm aware that a lot of 
the stuff that Birdie is having this like very intense reaction to is from me. Right. Like, and from my right. sort of consistent, since Birdie was a very small person, right. acknowledging, pointing out, like, using the opportunity when Birdie was little and would say a thing that was gendered, you know, more favorably toward boys or whatever to sort of gently guide Birdie to see the and by the way, I haven't done it as much with cricket. I'm just gonna say it. I just right. haven't. Right. But Brie got so much like one-on-one me. Right. You know what I mean? Like your right. second kid just doesn't get the same. <laughs> right. But anyway, like I so I see I see the whole thing. Like I see the whole picture. I'm not just here being like, these other moms really have a fucking issue. Right. You know, like I understand that Birdie's taking a lot of what I have like projected and put into her beautiful little brain. Right. And is really processing and internalizing it in an intense way. And I guess I'm just like, I don't, I I just sort of need more guidance in terms of like, how to help the kid literally make it through middle school. (laughs) Well, I think that when I'm talking about reverse engineering, I think that, and I think that little kids, you know how there's always the joke about how little kids say, why, why is that? Why that? Why, uh, how does that? That is where, when I'm really feeling like enraged by something, that is what I start to do. Ask why and why and why and it look it kind of works like improv it kind of works like yes and but it's like backwards where you're like why am i feeling like this what what is the feeling like why am i feeling like this and listen to the answer it makes me feel powerless it makes me feel misunderstood it makes me feel whatever it okay and then why do I feel powerless? Well, because the person that's making me feel this way has more power, I feel, than I do. And why does that person have more power than I do? Well, because they're a a boy in a society that caters toward boys. You can just keep asking yourself why questions until you really get to, like, the nut of, like, what it is. And, like, the the reason I think it is is helpful is because it's just you're just talking about like the facts as you know them and you're kind of like taking emotion out of it and you're like you can get to a place where you're like and I'm again I'm not saying to like make excuses for anyone it's not to excuse them it's just to get to the nut of like what is at you know what's in the center of the knot in your stomach about something and then you just know the facts and you can also do it about someone else not just about yourself you can say why does this boy act like this well i believe that his parents raised him in a certain way with certain tropes uh that are common in society and like why did they choose to do this automatically this is what they know this is who they are as people And that's how they chose to raise their son. And so here we are. And so to me, that's like two steps it takes to get to the center of like, 
what it is that's bothering you about this person. And then, um, and once I've done that, even those two steps automatically made me feel like a little less hot toward that person. Mm -hmm. Like they were raised this way. It fucking Mm -hmm. sucks. The reason they were raised this way is because the way that things are in the world in which he was raised and in which Mm. his parents learned how to raise him sucks. Okay. Does it excuse him? No. No. Right. But you're you're just there in like a very kind of like choose your own adventure flow chart kind of way. Like these are the facts. This is who this kid is. And then when you get to that like nut in the center of the knot, in your stomach, then I always just ask myself two things. What can I do about it? And mm-hmm. what am I going to do about it? Right. And I'm writing you, this down, guys. Don't worry about <laughs> it. We're just we're just taking a master class right now. From Casey. <gasps> what can I do about it? And what am I going to do about it? Because there's a lot of things you always can do. But what you're going to do is a totally different thing. But you can narrow it but, down. But also, but once you ask, and I would say this to Bernie, but once you ask, what am I going to do? Um, then you can ask yourself the follow-up question to that, which is, is that helpful? Yes. Is it helpful? And so I think that just over time with experimenting, what can I do about this? Or like you can also ask somebody, what are you going to do about it? Not in a challenging way, not in a daring them to fucking do something. I wish you would. But just like, what are you going to do about it? And it, and while acknowledging that it sucks that you even have to do anything about it at all, but also it's just the world. We've all had to do something about something our whole entire lives. And That's we've right. either avoided it or done it and learned. So over time, what I've learned, what what can I do about it and what am I going to do about it? Often it's really just saying something and I have learned certain things that are just like helpful to know about like saying something. And that's that like you don't you never owe anyone a debate. So even in a great school where the curriculum is great or whatever, when you have a lived experience that someone else is just philosophizing about or just, you know, just um, theorizing about, Mm -hmm. even if it's a kid, you don't owe them a debate about what it's like to be you. And you can just say, you know, you can just say, this is how it is for me. Take it or leave it. But like, I'm not debating you on this. I don't owe you a debate. Um, If you want to hear what it's like for me, I'm happy to share that with you if you are happy to share that, if you feel generous and you feel like that would be helpful and that's something that you want to do. You don't owe it to anyone, but you could share with them if you wanted to enlighten them or whatever, but you don't owe them a debate. And if someone tries to start debating you, no, I'm not debating this with you. It is my, it's my actual life and you're just play, you're just playing a game at it. And so I don't owe you a debate actually on this. This is this is my life. And um you know and it's okay to say like a couple of phrases that I've learned over the years. It's okay to say that's actually toxic or like that what you're saying is actually kind of abusive. Mm-hmm. You know, even to like a person I find that sometimes that is very shocking to people to hear like I don't think you're an abuser, but I think what you're saying 
right now is like it borders on abusive, just FYI. Like if this is something that somebody who had access to me was doing all the time, I would consider that like abuse, you know, because Mm. we, here's the thing, we all abuse things at some time or another, whether it's sugar, television, drugs, alcohol. And sometimes we abuse other people in like isolated instances or in ways that, you know, aren't the same as like what we think of when we think of like that big word abuse, but people do have abusive behaviors. So it's okay to sometimes if you really mean it, and I mean, if you really mean it, it's okay to say this is toxic. This is abusive and it's not something that like I'm I'm not sticking around for that because you don't have to when it's a kid in your class or whatever you know hopefully you never have to but when it's just some like kid that you go to school with no you don't have to take their abuse right and and so you can just say that and also like I've also sort of come to the realization like what you're saying like just so you know it's a more it's immoral to me like it's not illegal right it's, you're allowed to do it but to me it goes against the core of my morals and like the moral code that I've developed for myself over my lifetime of living as me and so I'm just not messing with it it's not for me And then also you can tell people that's not true. I know you know that's not true. Or you can soften it by saying, I don't think you really think that that's true, what you're saying. And, you know, you just, you don't owe anyone an argument on this stuff. And you can get into it if you, uh, it's hard because like arguments, Fights are often won or lost, but arguments, I don't know how much anyone ever wins an argument. Like, you might get the satisfaction that you were right or that you felt right in front of other people who are witnessing it, but how how often does an argument actually ever change the mind of someone with whom you're arguing? Probably not a not lot. Not a ton. Not a Not ton, a lot. Yeah. So I think at that point, you know, you just, you could, and here's the thing. For kids, it's got to be so fucking hard because as adults, we do it all the time online. We go around and around and around with people trying to get them to see our point and they just dig in harder and we dig in harder. And like, if you want to do that, if it's fun for you um, or if you feel like it's productive, then by all means, do it. Everyone's free to do it. But for the most part, like I for me, it's not that effective. So what I have to remember is that, like, I just don't owe anyone an argument about, like, my existence. Right. And I think that that's, I think that the part of Birdie, like, Birdie understands that fundamentally. Yeah. And also, I do think is, like, hopeful and wants to make a difference and wants to like does want yeah to change the way that people around her i.e. her peers yeah think about things yeah. you know birdie birdie will make a difference just by being birdie but also i think sometimes it's a, a little bit of a long game and the way that you make a difference is by people just seeing you be comfortable with who you are 
and doing well right and seeing that like oh right. fuck all of these things that like my parents told me are different and other aren't different and other at all and like i mean think of how many times in your teenage life where you were probably like if my parents knew that i was like talking to this person or reading this thing or watching this subversive content or whatever like that was fairly regular for me. And like, I had pretty liberal parents, you know, but so many times I was like, my parents wouldn't understand this, you know? So like kids are influencing each other all the time for better or for worse. And Bird will do well just by being like a great influence and like living Bird's best life. But also I think like there's something to be said for like just playing a long game of being like, I don't need to fight about all of this shit because, like, I know the truth of it, you know? And if you're not ready for the truth, if you can't handle the truth, uh, as they say in the famous movie, um, then just, you know, sit A few back. good men. A few good men. A few- about men, of course. Of course. Um, but, you, but you know what I mean? Like, there's there's something to be said just by living your best life, as long as you're safe. You know what I mean? As long as you're relatively... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If Bird ever felt in danger or whatever, I would say, like, that calls for, like, a totally different tactic. But sometimes just, like, breaking something down into the ingredients of the recipe is really, like... It really just diffuses like the anger that you feel where you're like, this happened because of this and that happened because of that. And then so here's like the black and white situation that we're dealing with. And then what can I do about the situation and what am I going to do about the situation? And then, you know, just those few like really, you know, just honest, not inflammatory, not you know, not even really punishing, like, you know, like, because I think that's where when there's heat, when there's anger, even with kids, but especially also with adults, that's when people get entrenched and they're not hearing. And so if it's not, I mean, it's easy to say, but if it's not a dangerous situation, it's not an emergency situation, you're just talking about like influencing the thinking of someone, right? like, I think that Sometimes the best argument is just like living your best life and being like, it's not up for debate. My existence is not up for debate. And it takes all the fun out of it. A lot of times I know I notice with guys like, you know, even stupid things like what's the best like who's the best musical artist? I'm like, that's stupid. It's not even an argument. It's arbitrary. It's, you know, it's um Subjective. Subjective. Yeah. And so, like, I know it's so fun for you to, like, rank and debate everything, but it's I'm not having this debate with you because who is the best musical artist to me is different than who will be the best musical artist uh, to you. And I don't need to debate my feelings or my lived experience about why this is, like, I don't need the input from you telling me why I'm wrong on, That's like, right. my That's life. Right. That's right. So that on a so, thing I think. Yeah, and it just kind of like you know how like <laughs> when they say like a bear is attacking you to play dead, like it's kind of on I the didn't same. know that. Um did you see that cocaine bear thing cuz I don't think <laughs> that would work. 
I don't think that's going to work for a the cocaine, cocaine bear. bear. Again, that's a different situation. It's a different that's situation. Like, you know, that's a real, I, that was a real bear that ate a lot of cocaine and then went just yeah, nuts, I guess. That's a but. unique, that's a unique bear. Um, but, you know, for the most part, I guess you're supposed to. <laughs> that is to, a unique bear. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's not like playing dead is like a weird, but like, you know, when you're just like. I'm not going to fight with you about this. It mm. takes a lot of the fun out of it because that's the weird thing. I think it's like fucking like instinctual fun for some people to be like, I'm going to debate you on this. And it doesn't matter that they have no expertise in the subject. That's right. That's you right. Know? And like, and part of the issue becomes right. That birdies in a school where right. they're trying to like encourage critical thinking and debate. So right. like, it, the the issue becomes, and this is like we, this Mark and I like had this meeting with the teachers and the and the head of the school, which is like, that's fine, but for the kids in which it is personal and right. not hypothetical, it can be a little bit too much. It can be yeah. a little too far, and you well, know, something just protect. Some things are just not up for debate. They're not up for debate. Can you right. imagine if they were having like debates on like. Well, you know, like questions of like anti-Semitism or whatever. Sure. That, that's yes. not up for debate. No. That's, that's not right. a that's not a fun thing to that like people can take uh, opposing sides on and it wouldn't be in a high school debate club. Uh nobody would be debating the merits of the Holocaust or whatever. So like some things are just not up for debate and I think that's a thing that like if nobody else has clarity on it, Brody right. does. Right. And so Bertie's right. allowed to say that this is not up for debate. It's my it's my actual life and not just a fun thing that I'm thinking about to stretch my mind or whatever. Like it's it's not up for debate. Here's how it is. If you want to hear that from me, great. But if you're not ready to hear the truth of it, then you know, then we're not arguing over this. Okay, well I still don't know what I'm doing for the holidays, but I really appreciate this because I feel a lot better about this. Well, Bird's great and will be great. I know, um, but I worry. I know. You know. I know you do. I know and you do. she's really sensitive and like, yeah. well, shocking. But like, you know, my job is to protect Birdie yeah. too. Yeah. You know, it's not just to... <laughs> turn her on to all the fucking injustice of the world and well yeah I, because you that's, know you know it you that happens regardless yes and also like we owe it to kids to give them like tools to sort of cope with all of the injustice that we're saddling them with because they're the ones that are going to have to live it like after we're out of here you know <laughs> and so um but Bird will be great, and also, like, they're going to just learn a lot of these coping skills from, like, watching us do our best at getting through, you know, because they just will. And you won't even notice it happening. It'll feel like it's by osmosis, but you'll be impressed. And and Bird's getting to the age where um, kids kind of need to learn and they will learn to protect themselves hopefully in situations because they want to get out in the world and you're not always going to be there so you know so you I think you'll the next couple years will be really interesting but I think my prediction is that you will be knocked out at how 
amazing a lot of kids are, not just Bird, but a lot of kids um, that they know. And uh, yeah, I just, I think you'll, I think you'll be impressed and you'll also be disappointed by a couple of uh, kids who stay shitheads. Um, (laughs) 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 That's that's a promise pretty much. Uh, Well, um, should we talk to our friend, Michael? Osiello, yes, about his incredible movie. Which also, there are some moments, some some like sort of really beautiful imagined flashback moments to his own childhood. Yes, yeah, that I loved and deeply related to, and I know you did too. Yes, yeah, um, um, love Michael Osiello. You know him as like a pop culture commentator. Uh, you know him from your old TV Guide subscription and mm-hmm. uh, and and more. And TV line, and TV, TV line. line, yes. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited to talk to him about. Him. We're super excited to talk to him about uh, the movie. Spoiler alert! That's out in theaters now. That is based on his memoir of almost the same name. Spoiler alert: The hero dies. Um, and we had a, you know, we just, we just adore him. And I love the movie. Loved yeah. the movie. Take a listen. Rocket money. Burning <laughs> out the fuse in the rocket money. <laughs> Is that good? Is that good? It entertained me. Rocket money. <laughs> Formerly known as True Bill. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of amazing. Listen, you know how hard it is to cancel a subscription. Yes, it's the hardest thing. And so Why? many times. Why? Why? Th- they make purpose. it hard on it's purpose on so purpose. that you give up and. Uh, and they just keep getting your money. Just keep giving what whoever money. And, uh, and it works because how many times have you given up in the middle of trying to cancel something? I've done it, it a hundred times. A hundred times. A hundred times. So here, the true story, Rocket Money, formerly known as True Bill. Uh will help you stop wasting money on subscriptions. Did you know that 80% of people, 80% of people have subscriptions, they forgot about it? Oh they my forgot God. about it. They forgot about it. <laughs> they forgot about it. 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about. Maybe it's like an unused Amazon Prime account or a Hulu account that never gets streamed or like your ex-boyfriend just uses. Yes. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Or a, uh, a gym that you joined in the 1990s. Well, that happened to me. They found, Rocket Money found uh, a gym membership that I had been paying for for literally like 15 years. And I was like, yeah, same. I don't even in know a where town that, I, literally, don't I don't live in anymore. That's what I was going to say. No, I was like, I think I worked in that town for three months in like 2003. Um, anyway, the app... Uh, shows all of your subscriptions in one place. It cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money will find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. I mean, you might even be finding that you've been double charged for subscriptions, which I also found that out partially because busy because I have like different emails and right, I have different names. Anyway. You're making yourself sound like a criminal. I do. I do, (laughs) but I'm not. I swear. And you aren't either. But the truth is you might have multiple subscriptions to the same thing. 
And yes. the best part is to cancel a subscription, all you do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash best. Seriously, it could save you hundreds a year. That's rocketmoney.com slash best. Sakara, this year, give yourself the gift of health. Is that good? That was beautiful. I liked it. This year, guys, I'm all about self-care as a, a gift for yourself. With Sakara, you'll feel good all season long with healthy and nutritious meals that taste amazing because your health really is the greatest gift of all. Um, yeah, for me, I have had a really wild case of travel tummy whenever I travel. Oof. It's because you're, it's so hard to get your hands I on agree. a vegetable when you're in You literally airports. said that to me. You were yeah. like, I just need a vegetable. So Sakara has been, has been saving me lately and uh, my Resetting your tummy. Resetting my tummy. My my recent favorite is this thing called the fire within bowl. I It sounds like such a, such a festive bowl of warm goodness. And it, it is. That's exactly, that's the right thing. I've been really enjoying the heck out of that. Um, well, I like the dairy-free cheesy holiday popcorn trio. Oh, so good. Um, sweet and salty. It's a holiday party favorite. Sells out every year. And honestly, because um, dairy hurts my sinuses and my tummy, <laughs> I'm very into the dairy-free cheesy holiday yes, popcorn. Yes, you're not um, left out. Listen, Sakara is a wellness company. It makes thoughtfully curated meals and supplements to be your source for a feel better holiday. It never sacrifices taste or quality. It's nutrient dense meals and snacks. And it really, I swear, makes you feel and look amazing. Just better. <laughs> just, just better. I just feel just better. better. Yeah. Um, and right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash busy and enter code busy at checkout. They have a holiday shop. Yeah. Which has limited edition gifts and digital gift cards. And that's a wonderful gift you can give yourself. It's a wonderful gift you can give someone you love. Yeah. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash busy to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash busy. First of all, hi guys. We're here. We're talking with Michael Osiello, who I've known for a very long time through the world of entertainment. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> I would, we, we I would say that's through, true. We met through Cougar Town. Yeah, you were like one of the people who championed I was an early the show. adopter. I you was were a, like it. I was <laughs> early adopter. I, I remember was, I was the spark that set it all aflame. It is true. This is a hundred percent true. You're why I won a Critics Choice Award. It's you had like a bee in your bonnet for some reason that you were just like I I don't know you the needed show people to me. love that you needed people to love that fucking show and you did it. Like hands down, I give you Almost all of the credit. Well, Every you know, show needs that. Every well, show needs a champion. That, that's been my my favorite thing about my job working in, in TV journalism is championing those little shows that no one has sort of discovered yet. Um, and 
it becomes less fun for me when everyone discovered, like when everyone jumped <laughs> on the Cougar Town bandwagon. I was like, oh, it's not as much fun anymore. It's not my show anymore. You right. know? You're like you're like a dude with a cool band. <laughs> <laughs> I knew them before anyone knew them. Totally. I know, but it is like I think I just feel like anytime I see, and maybe it's just you know purely narcissistically motivated. Like anytime I see you really excited about a show that I haven't heard of or whatever. I'm like, Oh, I need to check that mm-hmm. one out. I do feel like we have a lot. I have, we have similar taste. Yeah. I was explaining to Renee yet though yesterday. Cause I was, we were doing, we were shooting a thing for carpool karaoke with the girls five Eva mm-hmm. and she got nominated for a Critics' Choice Award. And it was like so exciting because our little show that we feel like nobody watches for it to be recognized. And she was so amazing last season too, like just incredible. And I was talking to her specifically about you um, and just how, well, you know, there are a few critics that like really know what's up. (laughs) It's true. I agree. Um, But I say you're a collector because, I don't know, I feel like I felt like this when I read your book, but also now that I've watched the movie and I'm like a little bit not recovered from it, Michael, I don't... Same. Well, I actually, I didn't post it yet because I I was like, it's gratuitous, but I just wanted to um, play it for you. Hold on. You go whatever you need to, son. I I literally, I could not, I could not stop crying. And Bertie came into my room and was like, mom, what is happening? And I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I have to talk to him tomorrow. I've known him forever. I knew him when he was going through this. I read the book and I cried when I read the book, but like, what the fuck? How do you watch this movie, Michael? What are you doing to us? You know, it's surprisingly not as hard for me. First of all, I'm sorry. Um, You are the most beautiful, ugly crier in the world. (laughs) I am just like, I am still wrecked. I'm wrecked. I watched it last night and I am like, I, I don't, I wanted to come to well, the premiere and I couldn't. Anyway. I, I, love, Let, I, love, I love hearing that. I love hearing that you, you responded to it. Um, it's a different experience for me because it, I never felt like, and I was on set every single day watching these scenes. I know I, I followed your journey online and uh, spoiler alert. Um, I felt like it must be, you must have been able to remove yourself and look at it. Like you talk about that in your book, in the book, spoiler alert. Yeah, let's pause one second. We'll we'll set it up. Well, I just in case, because people always ask and it's good to tell people five times because they're driving when they listen to the podcast. Michael, they're doing their dishes. Michael's an amazing television critic we've all known for years, starting back with TV Guide. And like, I think that we've always all felt like he speaks for us. He loves the same things. Watching the movie, I was like, we could have been siblings, I think, growing up. A lot in common. I've always felt like I have a lot in common with Michael. But he wrote a memoir called Spoiler Alert. That Did it come out in like 2019? 2017. 2017. 2017. Um, spoiler Alert, the hero dies. And um, now 
a movie has been made starring Jim Parsons as Michael. Uh, it's just called so surreal. It's just called Spoiler Alert, but it's in theaters now, and it's like the soul cleanse that all of us need at this time. But it's very emotional. So Busy was just showing him a video of herself, like not being able to handle it, couldn't handle it. Um. Anyway, so proceed now. So the story is about my relationship, my thirteen and a half year relationship with my late husband, Kit, um, who uh, um, was diagnosed with a, a terminal cancer uh, in 2014. And, it, you know, a lot of the story is about that last year of his life and our, yeah. our uh, time together. But anyway, I wanted to say, Busy, I don't know if you remember, you met Kit. You were at my 40th birthday with Gillian Jacobs. Yes, in I LA. do remember. And Kit yes. was out for that. And he he was there for that. Um, I mean, I don't expect you to remember the exact moment you met him, but I do know you met him. Um, and so you, 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 you were there. You, you met Kit. No, I know, Michael, that's what I was saying. Like, that's what I was trying to explain to my 14 year old. I was like, this is so surreal. And I certainly sort of felt that when I read your book, but watching someone that I know and I don't know. And I'm friends with lots of people who make movies. They're, my fucking wedding vows are in the movie. My actual wedding vows are in the movie, The Vow. Mark wrote our actual <laughs> wedding vows into the movie, The Vow. So like I've had surreal moments watching things, but like I just was so, I think it, I think it's not going to matter. I, I think obviously it's not going to matter if people know you or had met Kit or were able to see the two of you together. I mean, I just, for me, I felt like, I got to be honest, I was not in a mood to cry yesterday at all. And I was a little bit like, I read the book. I know, like, I'm going to be okay. You know, um, but it really, the storytelling is so deeply affecting. Yeah. And um, and also your relationship with Kit's parents really shines through. I mean, Sally Field, who I'm friends with Sally's son. So oh, um, Yeah, Sam. So like, hi, Sam. I, it's hi, Sam. So it's hard <laughs> for me also like watching Sally go through losing her son who's gay and like knowing her son who so like it just there meta. were so many yes yeah. there were so many levels of meta and then imagining you on set like watching it happen I just was so I had I had so many questions I have so many questions I have so many questions well, um let me let me just answer that thing the, the part about it not being as hard for me as you might think I never, like even being on set every day, I never felt like I was watching my life being replayed before my eyes. I knew I was always conscious we are making a movie. Right. I was always aware of that. That's not to say that I there weren't hard days and that I don't get emotional watching the movie, but it's more because I'm so invested in this, this I get sucked in. As, yeah. a, as a moviegoer and these performances, like I was They're on set, so I was on set crying, not because, oh my God, I'm reliving this painful moment in my life. I'm because I'm like, Jim Parsons and Sally Field are fucking incredible. And they're yes. yeah. bringing me to tears. Yeah. I'm being, wait, and you guys, who plays Kit? What is his name? Ben Aldridge. Who's, I'm obsessed with him. He's, so he's, good. he's, he's about to blow up in a big way. He's like, in three months, I'm, he's not going to even be talking to me. <laughs> I mean, he's going to always talk to you, but I was, I, Ben Aldridge is, a, is so good and such a dream and, and so, and, also, and so like, Jim doesn't look like me. Kit, no. Ben looks like Ben and Kit share a lot of the same sort of features, but also a, a, the essence Ben really captured sort of the essence and the, the spirit of Kit 
and, and something that I've heard from some of his closest friends who leave the theater and they're like, oh my God, it was like Kit was brought back to life. Oh, wow. Oh my God. And that the video at the very, very end of the movie where you see Kit, actual, real yeah. Kit, because there's the scene that where that sort of like portrays the exact thing that then you show the the home video or yeah, home don't video. leave what the am theater. I doing? Don't what am I doing? Stay for the <laughs> camera phone. No, it was stay for the stay for through the credits. A lot of people have like I was at a screening. I went to I snuck into a screening at the Grove on opening night just because that seemed like a fun thing to do. Yeah, and it was hard because it's like after everybody was like leaving during the credits and. And I knew that there was this thing coming that they might want to see. And my friend Holly, who was with me, who has seen the movie several times, literally screams out, don't leave. There's more coming. Uh, <laughs> wait, that's amazing. Wait, I, well, I, by the way, in my head, just now as I was talking about it, I didn't sit through the whole credits, but now I remember that I was just sobbing the whole time and I was unable to move. You so I just move. kept, I just kept letting it play, which right. is why I got the secret treat at the end. Um, but I wanted to ask about music is such an important thing to me. And I know it is to you and your late husband kit. Yeah. So I, I actually had a question about the music for the movie. If you were able to use a lot of your favorite songs together or some of Kit's favorite songs. There's like a band of horses song that plays that he like calls out, but it's kind of faint in the background. So I was like, I wonder if that's really the song or if it's not really the song. Yeah. So I, we did have a lot of conversations about music. Some of the songs that um, were integral in our relationship were sort of bandied about, but um, no, I wouldn't say any of them were used in the movie. Um, I, I, a number of them, but we all fell in love with the song choices. And I think Jim came up with a lot, like Jim had a list of songs that he really loved and like that he, he thought of when he was reading the book. Um, and that made him think of the story, uh, especially deep in love, which is the the song at the end, but that also plays earlier during yeah. the scene, which is just so beautiful. I was trying to look up what that song is. What is that song? It's so, so, so good. It's called deep in love. It's uh-huh. such a beautiful song. I always forget who the um let me find out who the uh uh the performers are. Okay. I have to say I we were yesterday with my girls five Eva doing carpool karaoke. We had like an extended conversation about the golden era of music of movie soundtracks, like yeah. Romeo and Juliet and Reality Bites. And your movie, spoiler alert, was giving me like a current day, mid late teen aughts, like you were giving me the soundtrack I wanted oh, that I needed. It's you know what Bun- I mean? Bunny Light Horseman. Bunny Light Horseman uh, is the the group, right. and they do. Uh, it's Deep in Love. It's beautiful, okay. beautiful song. Put it on your list. Um, yeah, I loved that it. Yes, an early aughts. That the whole movie for me just felt like that. Like it's a story. I sound like Harry Styles. It's a movie. It's a story. It's a real movie. <laughs> it's a story uh, that just focuses on just these two people's love. lives and love and what it means to these two people. And um, I have a question about your storytelling, which is that the movie doesn't shy away from 
the difficulties that you and Kit had in your relationship. And I wonder, like, as a writer, was there ever any um, was there ever any instinct to gloss over that in like early early forms of like telling the story? Like, I just the memoir. To, yeah, because the who memoir. wrote the screenplay? Um, so David Marshall Grant and Dan Savage co-wrote the screenplay. I was involved in the process every step of the way. Um, but uh, it was their idea to take the, the the book sort of and play up my obsession with television and use <laughs> that as the sort of the lens through which... As a device, yeah. The, as the device. And that, that was sort of their big idea that we all sort of fell in love with. Um, but, uh, but, you know, in terms of the decision to be so open and honest in the book, when I set out to write it, I, I kind of made a promise to myself or a a pact that if I was going to do this, I was going to do it one way. And that was truthfully. And that I didn't see any benefit in sugarcoating our, my relationship, me, Kit, um, you know, we, we are flawed human beings. We are imperfect human beings. Our relationship was profoundly and deeply imperfect. It's not the typical fairy tale, but it is still a fairy tale. It's a different kind of fairy tale. It's yeah. a real fairy, fairy tale, I think, a relatable fairy tale. Um, I think I was protective of Kit more than anything. Like yeah. me, I put it all out there. Like I didn't, right. honestly didn't care. And I also, I don't think I was thinking that people would read it. I was just like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. It was Uh, like a catharsis. Like you had to, I feel like you and I talked about it back then when the book was coming out and am I wrong about this? Did it, did you write it fairly quickly? mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I wrote it very quickly because I was afraid I would forget the little things. That was another thing. I was like, if I'm going to do this, it wasn't my idea to write this book. I was approached based on uh, um, some social media posts I had been doing during Kit's uh, illness, you know, I've been sort of chronicling some of what we've been going through. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, Rakesh Sethyal at Simon and Schuster was uh, an acquaintance of mine who was following along. And several months after Kit died, he reached out to me. He's like, "I think there's a book here." Um, and when I, this, you know, when I agreed to sort of take on this journey and this opportunity, I was like, "It's now or never." Because if I wait two years after I'm done grieving, I'm going to forget. Yeah. What kind of medicine Kit was taking? I'm going to forget how, what was the steps in changing his colostomy bag? You know, all of these little things from that year of cancer. I'm going to forget conversations that we had. Right. You know, out on the deck after he found out that he only had a couple of months to live. You know, and thank God I wrote it quickly because all of that stuff was still etched in my brain. Yeah. But it made writing the book awful. Like, like, right. like not therapeutic, not healing. Like just massive, painful, masochistic in a way, because it was yeah. too soon. It probably, soon. Yeah. yeah, you know, Anne Lamott says this has a thing that she says about writing memoirs, which is that it's best to have processed your yeah. Yeah. story that you're going to write about before writing about it. Um, but I do think that in this case, I fully get the importance of doing it in the immediate aftermath of it. Um, have kids' parent are kids' parents still alive? They are still alive. Have they seen the movie? They have not. They have not seen the movie. I are don't they- think they're going to. Yeah, I, I was wondering. Um, they haven't read the book. And okay. I've been, you know, obviously very supportive of 
whatever they just how how much they want to involve themselves totally. in, or engage in this process at all. Um, this is their only child that they lost. Right. They were they were there for at the end. They they lived it. I don't. Yeah. They don't want to live it again. No, yeah. of course. Yeah. Even, even and, if it is a tribute, even if it's a celebration, it's right. too fucking painful. I can't. Um, yeah, I can't imagine. God knows, I understand. Yeah. I have a. But um, on that, are you still in touch with Kit's parents? Yeah. Yeah. So I. So um. I go to Millersburg, Pennsylvania, which is where Kit grew up, which was sort of my adopted hometown, which I, I talk about in the book how, you know, I spent 10 Christmases there, you know, yeah. became my my home. Kit's parents became in many ways my parents because I was well, yeah. my parents when I was young. Right. Um, so I go back to Millersburg uh, once a year. You know, I scattered his ashes in the Susquehanna River behind his house. So, I, you know, I spend time in town and then I go visit his parents, we sit on the porch and we talk and we catch up and it's lovely and it's painful and it's sad. And it's all those things to, to see them again. And cause it all just comes back flooding back right? for both, for all of us, Yeah, yeah. all of us. It's just very emotional, but, but I use those opportunities when I see them to like, so, you know, here's what's happening with the movie. I, I want you to just hear it from me before you maybe read about it or hear about mm-hmm. it at the supermarket. So like I, one last summer when I went for my visit, I had known Sally Field was playing Marilyn. So that was like, you know, I don't expect you to be jumping up and down about any of this, but I, I want you to hear it from me. Right. You know, well, by the way, I was about to say like, I don't know. I would just think hearing that Sally Field is going to play you is a little bit like, well, well, yes, that's right. Sally Field is going to be playing me. You know what I mean? You get the best to play the best. You get the best to play the best. Exactly. And also, I like, I'm obsessed with Bill. Bill Irwin Irwin plays uh, Kit's father. He's stunning. He's he's incredible. Was that your, whose idea was that casting wise? That's like brilliant. Our director who would work. Yeah, I love Showalter. Showalter's so good. Uh, He had just worked with uh, Bill on The Dropout on Hulu. Yeah. And was like, and and Sally and Bill had worked together. They played husband and wife on Broadway years ago in a play that I'm forgetting that I had never seen. People listening to this are going to be like, how did you not know? Um, and also for my moms listening to this, you might know um, Bill Irwin as Mr. Noodle from Elmo. Yes, yes. That's how I knew Bill Irwin for many years of my life. Well, it's interesting because what really like got me in the gut was like his physicality, the way that, because he, he doesn't have the most lines in the movie. It's just the way that he moves his body with grief is, um, it's really, it was, he's so talented and, uh, both Sally Field and Bill Irwin were incredible. And the nicest man. And he has a gay son, which I wasn't aware of. Um, oh, that's interesting. Honey, who doesn't? You know what I mean? Hello. <laughs> um, but still, it's like, and Sally does too. So the yes. series of two of these actors playing the parents of a, a gay man who's dying and they both have gay, ch- gay children of their own, you know, I think was a large part of why they connected to this story so much. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. But also, I just, I really... Again, Michael, like, felt this when I read the book, but really the movie is so, so beautifully explores mm-hmm. how love shapeshifts in our lives and 
what family looks like and what it shows up as and when it disappears and when it comes back. And like as a person who has a long-term relationship that's like currently not romantic, Mm -hmm. I really deeply understood so much of like that piece of it. And I was so grateful to see that on film because I feel like you never get to see that, which is that you guys weren't actually together when he got sick. Mm -hmm. You were on a break. He was maybe dating other people you weren't or were you so 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 that is one area so the the, in the actual story we were on a on a break but we didn't break up and then right um but you had like different apartments but you were to you lived together right so we lived together for for you know 12 years years. oh right right And Uh and then kit we got to a point in our relationship where it was just like we came to a crossroads where it was like is this gonna are we gonna make it and Kit decided that, it, you know, he needed his own space. So he got his own apartment in Brooklyn yes. and basically moved Brooklyn's out. Brooklyn's too far. Brooklyn's I, too far. I'm sorry. Oh, no, I know. Seriously. And then I got, and then I, we still sold our apartment in Midtown. He got a place in Brooklyn. I got a place in the West Village. Um, and, you know, building in that, that sort of escape hatch into a long-term relationship where he had a place to go did wonders for our relationship. Even though we, you know, he spent a lot of time at my West Village apartment. Um, we still were, were very, we were still together. Um, and I think the movie makes that a little bit more ambiguous. It makes it seem like maybe we broke up, but, we, but definitely when the cancer thing happened, we were in a transition period of our relationship. And what, and what the cancer did was all of that bullshit, all of that, all those problems, mm-hmm that we struggled with. It's like all of it just fell by the wayside and, and it just became about, and it's cheesy to say, but fucking love, you know, love. Yeah. It became about how much we loved each other and, and none of it, none of it mattered. And just, you know, and he, and he was your, and he was your family and you were his. Yes. I loved it so much. We are Michael, you are, you're partnered now. You have a boyfriend or are you married? So I'm not, I'm not married. Um, I, I was in a three-year relationship that ended a year ago. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, so thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> Listen, Michael, I'm, I'm I don't know if I writing, mentioned it. I'm, I'm getting divorced. I'm writing that book. Oh, you are? <laughs> I'm not. No, my ex is going to listen to this being a holy shit. No. Wait, by oh. the way, though, can I just say, I do feel a little bit like now that, you know, I'm out there. Like, I do worry that people are going to be like, Oh, I can't date her. She's going to just write about it in her book, her next book, <laughs> you know, or she's going to like talk about it on her podcast, which fair play. I probably will. But um, yeah. I don't know. It seems like it's well, like it a conversation. Weird, you it is weird have. because I think, you know, I think people are aware, not everybody, but guys, guys I've been on dates with some of, some of them have either read the book or heard about the book and yeah. know about this relationship and, you know, <clears throat> Sorry, I also have COVID right now. I just want to mention. <gasps> Michael, yeah. what? Yeah, no. it's fine. Total mild case. It's okay, my- good. I'm glad. Total mild case. Um, and- I'm gonna get that new booster. Oh, you didn't get it? Not yet. I'm oh, I got it, it like three months ago, which I th- oh. which I think is why my symptoms are so. Mind. Okay. Like, I'm glad you're not today. feeling too bad. Oh, I feel, Sorry. I feel I feel totally fine. Um, <gasps> that. You know, just hacking up a lung right now. Yeah, yeah. 
And the blood. We love it. We love your lungs. No, it's fine. It wasn't blood. Um, <laughs> wait. So wait. So you you're dating guys, okay, so and some, some have and, and some have read well, the book. And certainly, I'm just going to say, moving forward, many of them will have seen this movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, I not to be crass, but I think it's a great advertisement for you as a someone to date. As a partner. As it a is, partner. It is and it, it, it isn't because um because of the Smurfs. <laughs> no, baby, not because of the Smurfs. Okay, okay. I was just checking. I was just checking. But I feel the judgment coming out of your Michael the, uh, Michael, can I tell you on. something? I too had a Smurf collection as a kid and um it was also like reward based with my grandmother. So I, okay. I got the Smurf what, figurines as a reward. Hey. Oh, okay. That's amazing. Michael. Oh yes. <laughs> I had I had are you ready for this? When Listen, I, was I love when people are like, oh my God, I had three Smurf figurines. I'm like, oh my God, that's amazing. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I had hundreds. No, when Michael, when I was in when I was a child and a teenager, I had um a McDonald's Happy Meal figurine collection that was hundreds and hundreds of my favorite were the Chicken McNugget Buddies. Anyway, when I was in my 20s and in my apartment, like my apartments, I would take, I had boyfriends. Um, I had a like duck collection, rubber ducks. I had 200 All right. rubber duck ducks. All right. So I'm just saying. That's weird. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird. It was weird. That's weird. I, had a gi- I, had, I did have a giant one. Like, do you ha- did you have a giant Papa Smurf? Is that true? That's mine. Oh, my God. That okay. whole collection, Busy, was mine. Was shipped from L.A. I, had a, I turned my garage into a fake 80s Smurf store. When Wait, I got why it. don't you? You I should make that. it should be a museum. Make it a little museum. So, I mean, I have ideas. But anyway, so I turned my... <laughs> Raj out here in LA into a fake store with a cash register and everything. And, oh my God. And designed it as a Smurf store, but it had to be dismantled because everything had to be shipped back to New York because it had right. to be a movie. But that giant pop of Smurf is mine. Now it's a piece of cinema history. It yeah. is. Piece of, I mean, it's going to be in the Smithsonian. Let's be you're real. You're an artist. <laughs> but wait, so I wanted to get back to the, the thing about it, uh, being an advertisement for, for me. Um, yes. Single, you know, the, the book and, and the movie also gets into a lot of my issues, like issues, plural, yeah. um, but specifically like my, my body image issues, you know, and, and yeah. some of the stuff about, you know, how I used to be a, um, you know, a chubby kid and, and the, the impact that that sort of has on my, uh, on, on my, um, comfort with sex. I mean, it just really gets into all of that. So sometimes when I'm watching it and I'm like, like, is anyone going to want to fucking date me? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, I mean, I'm not, a, so. I'm not a gay man, but also, sure. again, speaking to like what we have in common, I also was a chubby kid. I graduated to being a chubby adult, but I know from like a lot of my gay guy friends that that is a huge issue for them and a huge insecure spot. And I think it's, well, I think it's, for me, it's always very unifying to talk about like, well, 
you know, let's be honest about this. I don't think I was able to admit that I was like a chubby person until like four years ago, as if it was a secret. You know what I mean? But I wasn't <laughs> able to. I love you. I wasn't able to <laughs> say it because I was so ashamed of it. And I'm like, oh. what the fuck? Like, it's not my fucking fault. Like, I know what I'm doing every day. So, like, I, I still, I still maintain that I think it's a good advertisement for you yeah. as a person because I think it's very relatable and something that, you know, probably 50% of or more of all people out there are are like, yeah, that's me too, you know? Can I use that poll quote on my Tinder profile? Of course. Yes. yes. Great. <laughs> Wait, Michael, is there anything uh, that was put in the film that like just is 100% like you're like, no, that like no version of that yeah. thing happened? Marilyn, Kit's mother, was not a triathlete. Oh, oh I really like that about her. Yeah. So when <laughs> Sally was cast, Michael Showalter wanted to give give her like a, a fun quirk. Yeah. Um, give the character a fun quirk and but also wanted to give um uh Marilyn and Michael in the movie something to do together. Yes, yeah. I loved that too. And then so they they bonded over sort of running um, yeah. together. Uh so so that that I think if I would that's the thing that was the furthest from from reality, you know. Uh I you know, Marilyn and Bob you know are 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 in many ways very similar to the portrayal in the movie just in terms of how much they fucking love their son yeah. and how they showed up when he got sick, you know, and how accepting they were. Of and was he pregnancy. really not out when you guys started no, dating? That's all true. His appendicitis. Oh, wow. That I had to call his mother while he was in the hospital. She had never met me and sit and be like, I, I, I know you don't know who I am, but your son is in the hospital. With I'm a very close friend. Exactly. <laughs> and that, she, that she scene was up, so funny. She showed up at the hospital, um, and so Bob, the, the, what was different about that, too, is in real life, it was just Marilyn that came up. Bob didn't come up. Um, Marilyn came up alone. But she walks into the room, and I had given Kit a doctor smirk figurine. As a, <laughs> like, and sitting on a nightstand. Oh, my God. And I remember that, like, she, that was, like, for her, something's, when she found out I had given that to her, something's off about Something this. deeply romantic is happening. My son has a smurf I've never seen. <laughs> this bumps me. This bumps me. I'm not sure why, but it's bumping. Oh my God. But also like I would imagine, you know, as the parent of a gay child, I do know from the books I've read, you're not supposed to ever be like, I knew, I always knew. Yeah. But I would imagine that she had been waiting for a long time for some sort of, so, like for something, either way, from her yeah. son, you don't, I mean, the way that they're, that I remember you writing about them in the book and the way that they're portrayed in the movie, like you don't love a kid that deeply and that much and not have a sense that they're not letting you in on a chunk of their right. life, you know? Yeah. I mean, the reality is I I wasn't present for the coming out experience. Like in the movie, yeah. we're all together. It's they, kind of amazing. It's a great, so, it's a great. So I went yeah. home. So when when we dropped Kit off at at his home, the three of us, um, and it was super awkward. And but I I ended up leaving, and he had a one on one conversation with her, um, of a private conversation. Um, and uh, what I will say is the fact that, you know, I will that very next Christmas I was home with his family, no. spending the holidays with them. That says everything you need to know. Yeah. 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 
It's incredible. And also, I, too, have laid under Christmas trees my entire life. Same. And looked up. No one has done this. Wait, are you kidding? Since I was literally, you can, we can, Michael, if you ever talk to my mom, you can talk to her about it. I still do it. I still do it. I, I still it. go home and I lay down and I look up and it's my so parents' beautiful. Christmas tree. Why does it the best thing. more people do this? I don't know, guys. And you don't even have to be stoned or on no. mushrooms or anything. You it can helps, just be sober. Though. It's the best. I mean, honestly, <laughs> for real. I was actually I like really to get bummed. up early in the morning and lay under there when it's st- when the house is still quiet. Are you just because Christmas content? Are you multicolored or or all white lights? I am multicolored and I'm fucking blinking. Yes. Whoa. Wow. I am Wait, that's a that's revelation. What, that's what makes going under the tree because shit is happening. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. movement. It's a okay. shit. I'm tiny, multicolored, but I have lots of, gl- I don't blink, but I have lots of, um, multi- I have lots of glittery ornaments and I go deep. I go deep with the ornaments. I go put them all the way in. Yeah. It takes forever to disassemble a tree for me, but like I need, cause I want to get under, look up and see the, it's almost like kind of the same thing as blinking. Cause I, the ornaments will be spinning and stuff. But I was so bummed cause we got a tree delivered this year from plant shed in here in New York. Yeah. And I just was like, I don't have time to do the normal, my normal lighting ceremony that I do. Also, whatever, this is a sidebar. We don't need to put this in the podcast, but sidebar, Mark was like, since we're getting divorced, do I have to do all this Christmas shit with you now? So, like, can you just, can you just do it? Can you just decorate the tree and whatever? And I was like, so rude, but yeah. Okay. So I got the tree pre-lit, but like it can't, I don't know. It, no, it wasn't Mark the ordered same. it. It's white lights, guys. It's white lights. <gasps> no. I know. Pre-lit and white lights. That this I'm is, embarrassed. This is bad. I am embarrassed. I know. But listen, here's what here's what we learn from our mistakes. And don't think that I am not buying a second tree. I mean, because I'm buying a second tree. Has to be done. I mean, (laughs) and and I'm doing I'm going to do multicolored lights on the outside of the house. I'm doing it today, actually, because my garland finally came. Oh, good. That's exciting. Yeah. We're multicolored inside, outside. While it was multicolored, always multicolored. The kids hung Christmas lights outside my bedroom <gasps> window. So Yay. I, oh, thank God. I need it. Are you West Coast right now for press and stuff? I'm both 50. So I, I've, I've been 50, 50. Um, after I finished the book, I, I've been thinking about um, moving to LA, but I didn't want to leave New York. So I managed to, you know, I got a little place out here and was able to sort of go back and forth. And that's what I'm doing. Yeah. That's amazing. That's because you don't have children. <laughs> Yeah. Michael and I are neighbors, Casey. Yeah. Oh, you are? I'm so yeah. jealous. I, I run into them. I, I see b- busy. I see Mark a lot. Like, I know. You see Mark. I saw him on the West Side Highway. I saw him at the the the, uh, the, the new Gourmet Garage. The opening of Gourmet Garage where everyone got COVID. Oh, oh really? no. Is that true? Well, that was, yeah, like in the spring. I didn't know, that was, where, like, I didn't know that was like ground zero for, for COVID. <laughs> it was according to the Next Door app. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Next door is such a bitch. And I say oh that, gourmet garage, that gourmet garage, just FYI, has the best sushi. Oh, oh wait. I was going to ask you because I've been doing the soup from there every day. The soup's okay. There's so much sodium in soup. I don't like getting super bucket soup. Even no matter where it is, there's so much I sodium. Know. I mean, there's a ton of fucking sodium in sushi. And, and obviously, 
soy sauce. But Everything this, that tastes good. But they have um, a brown, like, uh, chai rice, whatever, uh, around the sushi. Like, it's not just brown rice sushi. It's, like, extra, like, healthy, delicious. Anyway, highly recommend. I can't, I can't eat sushi anymore because I'm, my body has decided it's, like, that soy sauce is one of the things that triggers my IBS. That's oh, too much no. information. Maybe. That's I don't terrible. know. But so anyway, I can't eat it, but I'll tell I'll let Mark know. I know. Well, Mark, I feel like you guys, for whatever reason, you guys are on the same walking paths. Like you're we're, like we're, on you're the always, same, we're on the same schedule. And it's you know, it's weird because sometimes Yeah, because Mark lives like a single gay man. <laughs> Even <laughs> sorry. Um <laughs> so but it's like it's weird. It's like so do we have to say hi to each other every time we run walk past each oh, other? Oh my god. You know, it's kind of cute. It's kind of cute. Michael, um, I have a question for you. What was it what has it been like as someone who has your entire career has been commenting on popular culture and entertainment? What is it like to be on the other side of it that's making something that I mean to call it entertainment is that no, it's like it's fair. not the right word. No, Pain- but it, Paintertainment. Um, what is that like? But it it is a piece of entertainment. Yes. And I will say, I that was a lens through which I was like operating when I was on set. Like it wasn't some of it was about authenticity and and you know that I had there were a couple things where I was like these these are like deal breakers that need to be in the, the movie. These are important things and not necessarily scenes, but just themes um yeah. like kit was not a victim you know that was like and not not that there was ever any anybody ever wanted to portray him as such but that was, yeah. was like, i had those things in my head it was like these are non-negotiables but right. um but uh the when i was on set i was looking at it i think all my years of watching television watching pop culture watching movies and having really strong ideas of what worked and what didn't came in very handy when I was sitting in Video Village behind those monitors watching, you know, and being like, you know, this rings false a little bit, or, you know, what if we try it this way, or I have an idea. Um, like, I I was surprised at how comfortable I was, and probably some of the other producers were surprised at how comfortable I was yeah. being, being in that seat and and having opinions and ideas and and instincts about what worked and what didn't as a piece of entertainment. I have to say, I mean, first of all, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, but again, it's like a taste level thing, Michael. Like, I think you have real. I've just read your writing, your reviews, your tweets, like all you know for years, and I do feel like who better to speak to like how a thing is going to be the most impactful and effective yeah. than you truly. And especially in telling your own story. And I'm, I'm glad that the set was not just, you know, I'm glad that it was like accommodating, but also like that they, it seems like Michael Showalter and the writers and Jim and his producing partners, like everybody knew how important and how valuable you yeah. were. It's not Total. a typical thing for the the writer of the source material to be on set every day. No, and I didn't. I never took that for granted. Uh, but it's also something like I was out of the gate. I was like, I'm going to be hands on. Like when I, when Jim Jim's company optioned the book, I was like, I was very transparent with him up front. This isn't a situation where I'm looking to cash out and then let you guys do what you want with the story. I'm going to be involved 
every step of the way. That didn't necessarily mean that I was going to be on set every day. And I knew that that was a separate conversation that we need to have before we started shooting with, I need to have the conversation with Michael Showalter and with Jim Parsons. Because I also didn't want to make Jim feel uncomfortable or do anything that would impede his performance. Yeah, I was going to say like as an actor... Now I'm putting on my actor hat. Um, I would think it could be the most helpful thing to have the person that you're playing on set with you and also make could make you very self-conscious about your performance. And, uh, you know, I think that by the time you guys probably started shooting, since Jim was also a producer and had like shepherded the project with you, probably he was like feeling solid about his choices, <laughs> you know? He, was, right? he has spoken about how, you know, he kept his distance from me on set specifically for the reason you mentioned, because it was, it was, it was a, it was a lot for him to be like doing these scenes and then looking over and seeing the person he's portraying, whose story it is that, so he had to sort of keep his distance from, from, from me a bit. And I, and I, you know, with Jim, I, I was there for him as a resource. Most of my interaction was with the director, Michael Showalter. For, as far as the actors were concerned, I never was like, this is how it was done. You need to be doing it this yeah. way. Yeah, well, that would be weird and you're uh, not that person. And also, and I knew that they would be creating their own version of these characters. This right. is the documentary. Like, like, I was not precious about that stuff. Most right. of my interaction was with Michael Showalter. Um, and then if the actors needed me for anything, I was there. Ben Aldridge, who plays my late husband, Kit, did come to me often um, with questions. A lot of it was like, what was Kit's particular pain level when we were at this point in the story? Because mm-hmm. I had a rectal tumor, which affected his ability to sit. So, and Ben was, Ben yes. wanted to be as authentic about those things as possible. Kit was also a photographer. How did Kit hold his camera? You know, I sent him videos of, of Kit taking pictures um, and, and all of that stuff. So Ben was a little bit more in, engaged with me on set. Um, but Ben wasn't playing me, you know, right. Jim was. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, I have to say again, guys, I highly recommend going to see spoiler alert and bringing your tissues with you and being ready to ugly cry. Yeah, in front of other people. It's funny. Too. So many laughs. There's so many really well, funny moments. I, this is what I was saying to you. I it. But even when I was crying, that was, I played you three different, I cried and then I was like laughing and then I cried again. And then there was like, then I kind of didn't stop crying till the end of the movie, if I'm just being honest. But there were like the moments where I was like, no, <laughs> you know, laughing, crying. Um, but the beginning of the film too, like chronicling your, the beginning of your relationship and just who you guys were like setting the yeah. yeah the love story and all of that and like you at work and like all of those things oh honey it is an entertaining journey we're it on really a love is. story we're it watching really a is. love story also reminded me of beaches a little bit like i gotta say in the best way possible which yeah is another movie that like i love to cry to well there's so, also there's, an, there's a beaches easter egg in there i missed it <laughs> Because I was laughing. I actually, the de-gaying the apartment is really funny mm-hmm. um, for the parents that when Kit's so still funny. in the closet. Well, um, Michael, we always talk about on the podcast, yes. we talk about 
with our guests' big pivots that they've had in their lives. Obviously, this has been all pivot, all pivot. But I do have a question because, like, your regular job, your day job is commenting on entertainment. And um, and we talked about what it was like to be on the other side of that. I have a question about, like, going forward, A, do you think this will change the way, like, this experience will change the way that you do your former job? And B, do you think that this is, like, a new path for you? Like, you're such a good storyteller beyond talking about other people's stories. Those are my questions for you. So, two two (laughs) parts answer. The first part is it has already changed uh, how I how I am in my job. Um, when I wrote the book, um, it's a very vulnerable thing to create a piece of art and it feels weird calling it art. It feels like sort of a little pompous, but I mean, it's a, it's a piece of art, good or bad. Um, we're saying it's art, not you. We'll take it off you. Um, putting it out into the world is a very vulnerable thing. Um, I can't do critical reviews of TV shows, especially bad ones. Like I, I I I know what it's like to put your heart and soul into something and sometimes it doesn't come out good and sometimes it does come out good and and I I I just it's a little bit more complicated for me to criticize other people's art after having created something myself. So we yeah. have a critic on staff who 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 handles the, that. I mean it's not to say I don't have opinions and I champion shows and stuff like that, but I'm not going to be you know, trashing um, a, a TV show. Not that I was yeah. trashing TV shows, but I had strong opinions and there's stuff yeah. I did back in the day. That's not, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, unless something's offensive or something. But and the right. other part about the pivot, um, yeah, I mean, I would love to do, I fucking love to do this again. I would love to, I would love to tell a happier, you know, a story with a happier ending. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm exploring some ideas of, uh, about my childhood. You know, I'm developing a, a, a project about my childhood with a bad robot, JJ Abrams company that has gone through a number of incarnations over the past couple of years. And we're, you know, we're trying to find out what, what the best way to tell that story is. HBO Max actually um, bought it. They, uh, uh, right before the pandemic, I wrote a pilot script and then the pandemic hit and they, and we found that they were passing on it. Um, oh. so now we're sort of redeveloping it. You know, right, right, right. Seeing if there's a new place for that. But I think there's stuff about my childhood, 80, about a, a kid growing up in the eighties in small town, New Jersey, obsessed with soap operas. I think there might, there might be a fun story there. I'm really excited about that because I think J.J. Um, Abrams is known for other things, but I love the way that he talks about childhood. It's not something that you get to see all the time. Well, also, Felicity is my, one of my favorite shows of all time. People yes. forget that that was his sort of big breakout, you know, thing. I don't forget. <laughs> I wasn't able to cut my hair on Dawson's Creek because of that fucking show. <laughs> you did see that Felicity was in the movie. Yes, oh, yeah, of course I of did. I was course. excited pivotal, about it. Pivotal moment. You, so many great call-outs that just had me. And that's they're not exactly like jokes, but, well, right. some were jokes, but like just talking about the Gilmore Girls and mm-hmm. Felicity and the watching soap operas and uh, these really creative flashback scenes that were staged as like sit, like imaginary sitcom scenes that you had about your life growing up and just I, I mean I just want to say like it losing Kit certainly wasn't your first loss. You have suffered a number of really 
unfathomable losses. And the way that you told the story was really creative and um, so smart and just uh, like it, it had it been done any other way, it might have been too much for me. You know, it might have been too much for me to I would have had to like take breaks watching it. But the way that you told it was so wonderful and so creatively put together that I, you know, it just, it was great, Michael. I have to give credit to Michael Showalter, our amazing director, who, as you've seen with his past work, has an uncanny ability to uh, blend those tones, the the comedy and the drama. I mean, that's why he was our first choice for for this movie. Um, And it was just we were lucky enough that he was interested in, 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 in resp- and loved the book too. Um, but it's also, you know, David Marshall Brandt and Dan Savage. It was, you know, their idea to sort of play up that, that the TV uh, piece of it and, and use it sort of as a little uh, fantasy device um, because television was and remains a coping mechanism for me, especially yeah, yeah. processing grief and childhood yeah. trauma. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people can identify with that, certainly. A lot of people I know, for sure, just, you know, television was uh, our most stable friend and loved one for a lot of us growing up, especially people our age, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, our generation is, like, unique in that um, we all watched the same, we have the same, we're, the like, the last generation that has, like, the exact same points of reference, like, yeah. pop-culturally, because... We didn't have so many fucking choices. We were home alone in the television. <laughs> and was we were the home only alone. We, and were we were allowed home to alone. touch. <laughs> and, and, well, and the microwave. And the microwave. like 12 shows. So it's easy to have yeah. Yeah. common bonds. Now okay. it's like, good luck trying to find someone else who watches The Patient on Hulu that you can talk about. <laughs> what the fuck is The Patient? See what I mean? We can't talk about The Patient. Okay. I have to tell you, Michael, I thought you, were you at the Gotham Awards by any chance? No, I wasn't nominated. Well, I don't know. I don't know if people go to these things. I don't fucking know. Um, I was at the Gotham Awards with my friend I Michelle. Yeah. It was really amazing. Like her thing was so sweet. But when it came time for the TV show awards, I think I talked about this on the podcast last yeah, week. Yeah, you did. I literally was like, I know two of these out of eight <laughs> shows that they mentioned. And I'm like, I work in television. Like I knew Severance and what was the other one I knew? There was one other one I know. I don't even and know. And that was it. And then there was just like a bunch of fucking name, like TV shows. I was like, this is a bit. Like, this is like we're in a Judd Apatow movie. Like, this is not real. Busy, I real. cover television for a living. I can't tell you how many times a week I will get a press release or I will see another outlet report a story about a show being canceled. And I'm like, wait, what? That's not a show. Is that a show? Like, I, I like, it. That's a, it almost seems like it's some of it's like a 30 rock I yes. we got yes. in trouble for not knowing about the Mayim Bialik call me cat call me show cat. because I was like that sounds made that sounds made up I never heard of that I thought busy was like tricking me and uh so here's what I did <laughs> learn I learned that that show is real and I learned that Mayim Bialik has the most loyal fans and they will get very mad if it seems like you're making a little bit of a joke at the expense of call me cat yeah. And <laughs> can, Jim, Jim, Jim Parsons is a producer on that show. So <laughs> see, okay. see, I just had, I, it just wasn't on my radar. And especially now when I'm like, I don't, is this a channel? Is it a platform? I don't think I have it. Where do I get it? I don't know. Everyone but should I, check out Call Me Cat on Fox. 
<laughs> there you go. See, thank you, Michael, for say, pulling our bacon out of the fire again. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, the movie's in theaters. It's like a great take yourself on a Tuesday, rainy Tuesday afternoon mm. or Saturday. Go with your friends. Any day. Yeah. Go with a friend that you don't mind crying in front of. I have so many. I mean, I don't mind crying in front of that's any all, of my Yeah, that's uh, yeah, all your friends know that that's part of the deal. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Michael, it, it's just, it's such a huge accomplishment. And it's just really, I think, so generous of you to yeah. tell this this very personal story. Um in uh, I mean, we know we know you. We've known you for years through your work, but like now, I feel like we really know you, and that's really courageous and generous. Yeah, it's also uh, difficult just as a person. I mean, I can imagine as a person who's shared so much of my life, it gets really intense because I'm sure you get people coming up to you who want to like share who their. They, they yeah. know me. Yes. Yeah. And also like, and then they have a connection and they want to yeah. share with you what their connection is to the story, you know, and it's, it's a lot emotionally yeah. to take on. Yeah. Um, so I hope you're finding some peace and maybe like a vacation. Yeah, I'm, I, I am I'm looking into a vacation. Like I was like, at, at the end of this process, I was like, I'm going to go on a little bit of a vacation. Um, the, the thing is, do I go, do I want to go with friends? Do I go, well, that's one of the things I struggle with too, as a single person. I know we're at the end here, but it's like traveling. That's, that's the one thing I, I struggle with. Like, do I travel alone? Do I travel with friends? Cause I love to travel with Kit. I love traveling with my, my, my ex, my recent ex. Like that's my favorite couple thing to do. Yeah. But we're not in a relationship. Do I just sit home and not Michael. travel? I'm literally having, should we travel together? I'm literally, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm having the same thing. And I don't love traveling with a group of friends. That is too stressful for me. Like, because no, then you're like a no, cruise I director. I want like one person. <laughs> Two, I travel. Maybe. I travel alone a lot, which is weird for a married lady with a family. But um, <laughs> it's just the way that it. It's just the way that it works out these days. And I have to say that for a couple days, I think it's really fun, and I feel independent, and I feel like I'm in a movie. And then it starts to get sad and hard. Well, I was going to say, like my trip to Sweden with Birdie when Birdie tried out the uh, boarding school there. I had those like almost three full days by myself. Yeah. And I did like, I put on a soundtrack and I like sort of walked around and I felt like I was in a movie. And then I just was like, this is sad. Yeah. Like, and I can I'm talk to of, anyone. I'm afraid of it when it gets sad. It's like, well, yeah. like so I'm avoiding that. Maybe we're hitting on like a technique. Like you go somewhere three days by yourself, then have your friends join you. And then you know the lay of the land. You can show yeah. them around like you're a like, local and an expert. And then just when, have that cushion that you yes. know someone's coming. <gasps> I like that. Yeah, I like it. All right. I like it. So we'll plan a trip and okay. uh, we'll all, yeah, we'll all join up. Michael would be great. Michael would be great for our camp idea too. Oh, we want to have a camp with our podcast listeners. Will you come and be a camp counselor? Like literal camp? Like I mean, you like don't cabins? have to stay there. Like <laughs> no, no, cabins. No, honey, Cabin. have we met? No. <laughs> no. Okay, if we're using no. the word camp loosely, 100% yes. on my board. Yes, yes. <laughs> 
Let's, we need to say it's a quote. It's a quote because it's like we want it to be kitschy, but let's consider it more like a retreat, but yes. like a nice retreat. Totally, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. All right. You could do it. You could do a memoir and storytelling workshop with me. Oh, mm. I'm gonna have to charge for that. <laughs> no, we will charge. We'll pay you. <laughs> we're gonna charge people. <laughs> All the Kool Aid you Michael, can drink. <laughs> we're only trying. We're literally just trying to come up with like Casey and I are just constantly <laughs> trying to come up, come in, come up with yes. like get rich quick schemes that are only like make a tiny amount of money and yeah. a lot of work. Yeah, like we th- we have no get rich quick schemes. We're just like. I don't know what our deal yeah, is. Get but. Rich Someone quick pitched schemes. to me yesterday a dating app for people with COVID, like a hookup, app, a gay hookup app for people with COVID. That's actually really funny. That's a good one. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I'm not exploring, but I'm like, you know, these crazy ideas that, that come up. I'm like, there may be, you know what? You guys take it and run with it. That's your, <laughs> we're, going to, we're going to. We're going to. We just have to learn how to make an app. And then so many. I'm still working on an app I tried to make like seven years ago, Michael. It's just very simple. Do I look good in this color? And it just puts your face in a circle of color. Yeah. And I'm still working on that. So as soon as I bang that one out, the right. COVID date. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, Michael, have a wonderful day and a wonderful rest of your week. And... I- Thank you for thank a you. wonderful Christmas and a wonderful yeah, thank, holidays thank, and laying under yeah. your tree. Yeah, thank you so much for doing this and your support of the movie and the book and all of that. I really, this was super fun. Hiya. Okay. Listen guys, listen, listen up, listen up guys. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. Everyone knows the story. I've told it before. Birdie, thankfully, is now recovered because they're 14 years old. But when Birdie was three years old, I was thought I was doing such a good thing, giving the little bird gummy vitamins every day on, the, right. on her way to preschool. And then that pediatric dentist said to me, ma'am, your child has 14 cavities. Wow. And I said, what? What are you talking about? No, no. No. Then I cried a lot. Felt like a bad parent. (laughs) And I didn't need to be so hard on myself, but it's exactly why Haya was created. It's a pediatrician-approved, superpower, chewable vitamin. While most kids' vitamins are filled with five grams of sugar and, uh, you know, can contribute to a variety of health issues in addition to 14 cavities, Haya is made with zero gummy junk, Yet it tastes great, is perfect for picky eaters, and fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diets to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with a very yummy taste they love. I, on occasion, have had a high of vitamin myself. Sneak or a little high, a little high of vitamin yourself. I have. It's non GMO, it's vegan, dairy free, allergy free gelatin-free, nut-free, and free of anything bad else that you can think of. That you're worried about. It's formulated with the help of nutritional experts and pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies and supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals, including vitamins D, B12, C, zinc, folate, and many others. All the hits, help, all the things all the you're hits. looking for. Immunity, energy, brain function, mood, concentration, teeth, bones, all of it. Guys, we love it. 
Also, my kids, I love that it's, uh, you know, comes with the bottle that's uh, refillable. And so the refills come in uh, small packaging. And the kids um, can decorate the bottle so they with feel stickers. like a little ownership over it. And Yeah, it's and my pers- kids each have their own bottle. Yeah. So, like, I can keep track of who's taking their right. vitamins. Right. Uh, well, we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You can receive what? 50% off your first order. This is amazing. To claim the deal, deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash busy. This deal is not available on the regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash busy and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Hiya! Olive and June. There, she's back. <laughs> it's it is it is my number one. I love I really do love giving this as a gift for Christmas. I'm yes. sorry. I just think that the Olive and June's Manny system is the perfect gift for your besties, your sisters, your moms, your guy friends who like to paint their nails. We're not gender specific about painting our nails anymore, guys. We don't need to be. And uh, and what we love about Olive and June and their Manny uh, system is that it's everything you need to create salon perfect nails at home. And uh, the polish is incredible. Gorgeous colors. Lasts their polishes seven last forever. Days. Do not it, chip. I, seven plus, I think, is such a conservative estimate for me. I agreed. agreed. I take Olive and June off usually when it starts to grow out and it's noticeable. It lasts 14 days plus on me easily. Can I tell you a little secret, Busy? I'm going to like a like a um Christmas gift exchange, the kind where you can like take the gift that you like if someone opens a gift that you like better. Yes. And I'm going, it's with some uh some friends that you know. And I'm Oh, I'm invited. Oh, yay. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go get one of the Olive and June gift sets today because I think it will cause drama at the gift exchange because everyone you, will want it. And you know what you you know what you love? Drama what? at a gift exchange. <laughs> I mean, so I hate when people don't want to trade their gifts. And I know yeah, I everyone's going to, I I know this is going to prolong the fun because everyone's going to keep trying to get that nail polish kit. Well, yes. And listen, the Olive and June Manny system is the ultimate secret behind getting salon perfect nails at home. All in one, no guessing, no messy nails. They even do these little like tutorials. Um, on their Instagram or on YouTube. Yes. And it comes with Poppy, which is the little patented brush handle that makes so easy. It makes it so easy to paint your nails beautifully with both hands, both the hand that you, you know, write with. Yeah. So you're good at doing things with that hand. And then your non-dominant hand. It makes it so easy and your nails look perfect. Guys, it's also affordable. That's the other thing. Right. Like you get this Manny system. It comes with six amazing polishes. It breaks down to like $2 a manicure, probably less depending on how long, you know what I mean? Like it's just, that's like a conservative thing, I think. Yeah. That's just like, yeah. But we love it. I love the colors and getting beautiful salon perfect nails at home is now a dream come true for you and your friends with Olive and June. 
Your new nail life is here. It's the perfect gift. Visit oliveandjune.com slash busy for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E.com slash busy for 20% off your first Manny system. We love you, Olive and June. Are you exhausted? Are you exhausted? I I am. I You're am. Tired. You You're tired. You're doing so much press. You know, you know. I yeah, do. but I'm so excited. It's because the turnaround was so fast. Literally, I shot the special two months ago. And I, I was actually very surprised because when, guys, when Atsuko was on our guest on our podcast, uh, when we did it live in Toronto, um, which feels like it was yesterday, you hadn't even filmed the special yet. You were about to film it. Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then I, and now it's it right done after. and it's coming out. Yeah. And every day. So it's just been like, that's thinking about every day. It's like editing, color correction, sound mix. How's the trailer look? Can I tweak this part? You know? And so, um, yeah. And so I haven't had a moment. And then they're like, in three weeks, you're going to go out with a new hour on tour. Okay. And I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> Just an hour. Uh-huh. You just have to write an a-, a whole new hour of material. No problem. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Is that sure. that's part of the deal? That that's like that's how we're gonna do it. That's how we do it. Just keep hustling. Keep going till the day you retire and pick up pickleball. You know. <laughs> I guess so. Are you? You don't play pickleball. I haven't picked it up yet. Everyone else around me has. People love it. I it's don't like all it's the not rage. For, it's not for it me, is. guys. Isn't it's it just like? Is it just like ping pong, but like life size? Like you stand on the yeah, table. Yeah, that's what I feel like. But is I that, don't know. You stand on the table. Yeah, it, yeah. So it's like easier tennis. You know, easier. It's easier tennis and easier ping pong. Okay. But, all right. right? <sighs> I, don't I don't know. I feel like I'm not. I'll. I'll find out. I'll probably get into it when everyone else is getting out of it. You know, I mean, that's to be fair. That's what you're I a do. contrarian like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Otsko, you just took off. You've been wearing these earrings that I'm obsessed with. I mean, listen, you know me, and you know I'm going to ask. She has these like Fruit Loop earrings I that they're. I love Otsko's them so much. A real Claudia Kishi. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Do you know who Claudia Kishi is? Yes, from the Babysitters Club. Yeah. Oh so my when gosh. I was a, when I was a little kid, I was like obsessed with Babysitters Club books, mm-hmm. and Claudia Kishi was my style idol, oh, like the... icon. Yes, she always She's was wearing. A she always wore. Yeah, she was a fashion. No, she was an artist. Yes, Casey. <laughs> yes, yes. I know. I, I guess. And I know. she always had like the coolest like earrings that were like. Giant, like fruit loop, she would have fruit loop yes. earrings, yes, and like colorful pants. And I loved the writing of those books so much because they described her outfits in great detail. But mm. Atsuko, I do have to say, you do sometimes the outfits give me Claudia Kishi vibes. I didn't even think about that. And there was a short film that they made where it was like Babysitters Club. What happens if you know today before the TV series? Yeah. Which, by the way, and- the TV series is amazing. Just FYI. I I haven't watched it. I you know I'll I'll get on it when it's out of fashion. I guess like Casey, <laughs> when everyone's really over it, that's when I'll start too. I mean, it's kind but, of like for kids. I have to be honest. I wouldn't have watched it if I wasn't watching it with my like. 
preteen. I, I watched it, and my kids are adults. I watched it in my hot tub. You did. You did love it. <laughs> oh yes. No, but thank you for saying that. Yeah, because she was she was a icon, a fashion icon. She's a fashion art, icon. Art, art. What is it? Artist. You said she was an artist, so she's like an art artista. <laughs> Yeah, she's like a visual, a visual Art. goddess. But here's what I want to ask you about your personal Fruit Loops earrings. Are, they're not real Fruit Loops, are they? These are real. These are giant Fruit Loops because I think I guess they make them big now. I I haven't had Fruit Loops in a long time, but oh my gosh. yeah, the artist. We know what makes- happened to me with Fruit Loops. <laughs> oh, I a bacterial infection from, from eating too many Fruit Loops. Oh, my gosh. Wait, like a candida thing? (sighs) Well, we don't know. Basically, Atsuko, like uh, in the spring of last year, I got stoned and I ate my kids like entire box of Fruit Loops. Mm. And then I was felled by the I thought I was literally like I had to get an uh, like an MRI. Like I thought I I, (gasps) the worst pain in my life. Like I and I'm a person who has frequent stomach pain. The but ambulance was, is coming to get you right now. I know, you can hear it. You can hear it. Uh-huh. That's just New York City, baby. But, um, but uh, and then I went to the doctor, like went to the doctor, got the MRI, whatever, and I had a bacterial infection and I had to be on antibiotics and like I got better. But then the next week, a few days later, <gasps> after I got better, I went to the grocery store and I was like, oh shoot, I have to buy new Fruit Loops to replace my kids' Fruit Loops. <laughs> and I was standing in line and this woman behind me was like, don't buy those. They've been recalled. Oh, oh wait, it wasn't Fruit Loops. It was Lucky Charms. <laughs> no, but similar, I'm sure. Same, same, same vibes. Same, same vibes, guys. Same That's colorful, what I think of. Same color dyes, probably. <sighs> probably same Safer factory. to wear than to eat, maybe. Well, Who knows? But like, does the artist, does she shellac them? How does she make sure that they don't rot on your ears? I mean, although... Yes, no, she dips it in resin and... I always tell her, you know, because she she's uh, she's an artist out of Brooklyn and she just makes food food jewelry. So she's <gasps> and she doesn't. I'm concerned about her practices because every time I see her, she's loopy, and she's just like, oh yeah, I made new new earrings. Please wear them. And then I'm just like, girl, you need to like wear a mask when you're working around resin, right? Like, are the windows open in your? Yeah studio when you and she's just like oh sometimes I forget you know but every time I see her I'm just like you are poisoning yourself making these gorgeous earrings for me and other people to wear and other people wait, let's go wait, you let's know shout I her feel out. the yeah wait, what's her name her you, wait, what's her name glitter limes glitter, glitter limes lime. okay yeah. glitter limes I love your earrings but please be careful with that resin Otsko I feel the same way about cue card writers I don't know oh. how much in your career you've worked with like teleprompter is <laughs> mm-hmm. like the more you know common now but like when I first started in TV it was cue cards Mm -hmm. and the pens like Hollywood break in case you don't know the pens are like so big and they need so much ink that they actually like unscrew at the bottom and the person has like a can like an old school can of ink that they pour into the and every cue card op (laughs) writer that I've ever known has been out of their fucking mind. And I'm like, were you (gasps) normal? Like before you started huffing (laughs) cue card ink every day, but like, like out of their mind, like some people in a fun way, but then some people like eventually not so like, 
I have stories that are not appropriate to tell about people uh-huh. on a podcast, but we have to get tequila and I'll tell you what happened to like a lot of cue card writers that I know. Oh my gosh. Some yes. Crazy, Jesus. Wild union. Yeah. Like you need, oh my gosh. Yeah. These things, it's what took Bob Ross, Bob, Bob Ross out was the paint thinner. Is that oh, true? Oh, Yes, really? because every time he would go on TV, he would be, and then he would always use paint thinner and he wouldn't be protected from it. And then, and then, you know, when he got sick, it was, they were sort of like pointing to the fact that it was like, you know, breathing that in all that the time. Paint thinner. Well, I know like old, like old time, like historical painters would often like put their brushes in their mouths to like make oh, them yeah. right, 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 and then right, they right. all, you I've know. I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. 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 And then also, like, being called mad as a hatter is because, like, the milliners used to use, like, what, mercury? I don't know what they – something that made you mad. Anyway, yeah. there's a lot of really toxic uh, careers, and they, you know, including mm-hmm. serial jewelry. Yeah, are, human have, beings – oh, we are pretty resilient, though, don't you think, considering, like, Lucky Charms can take us down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As people, you know, human beings are very, very strong. Could you imagine if that was like your obituary, busy that like the Phillips <laughs> died from a breakfast cereal that's part of a nutritious breakfast, but also killed her? Mm-hmm. I actually could. I can imagine it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be real with you, guys. Like that tracks for me. What else is going on with you? So now you're gonna write a whole new hour of material and go out on your when when's your tour starting i'm starting like january well the first date is january 9th wow so so i got immediately after christmas (laughs) i'm like look a bitch got stories but like give me a little time to you know i have to make it funny it's not i'm I'm not just gonna be (laughs) out there being like and then this happened so yeah what do you think about that you know it's like i'm not gonna do that (laughs) it has to you know, have like freaking punchlines and stuff and well thought out and structured. So I don't know. I've been thinking about my dad and I was like, you know, every I've never talked about my dad. Maybe it's time, you know, maybe it's time. Oh, I think maybe it's time. We all need to talk about know. our dad at some point. We all have to. This is true. <laughs> we So um, so are you do you guys have plans for the special comes out this week? You're doing a ton of press. You're going to be working on material. But like, are you doing anything fun for the holidays? Fun for the holidays? Gosh, we haven't super had time to think about it. But I think it will keep it like small. Just me, husband, grandma, mom to like Palm Springs. That's close enough to That's LA. very chill. That's so fun. Delightful. Actually. Nothing can get in the way, right? Two and a half hours. Yeah. No, right? it's easy. It's easy from LA. That yeah. sounds really good. Um, is there anything that you're hoping to get for a gift or do you feel like you got everything that you wanted this year? Oh, that was so poetic. I'm going to go with the second answer. <laughs> I I have everything that I need. And yeah, so just some time with the family would be really, really cool. And, you know, yeah. Are oh you all God. going somewhere? Are you traveling? I've been talking about it. I like have no, I haven't made any plans. I'm like, overwhelmed by the prospect of making plans i'm uh, like annoyed at myself that i'm annoyed at the prospect like i'm just like it's all Mm. it's all a mess in my brain right now yeah that's basically where i'm at i'm just gonna stay home i'm really lucky that i have both my sons here in la with me so just gonna Mm -hmm. stay home and have uh 
have some food and some presents and, you know, with the whole fam. Atsuko, you know. <laughs> That's nice. Keeping it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I'm laughing because uh, when you did our show in Toronto, it was like <gasps> you went Excuse out of. Excuse me. Can you say Toronto again? Toronto. Oh. <laughs> Oh. That's how they told us to say it. They I told know. us Toronto. You mm-hmm. went out of your way to like make time in your busy schedule at the Just for Laughs Festival to come and do that with us. And we were like so grateful. And so we paid close attention to what you drank at the bar later. And we were like, we're going to send her like a bottle of, oh. you know, what she likes. But I have to laugh because, um, because I was like, I'll take care of it. But I was still traveling and busy was still traveling. So I just called my husband and said, can you help me send a bottle of tequila to our friend Otsko, like in coordinate. And I, but like the list of what I had to, and I know your husband is like a real helper too. So Mm -hmm. I know he's, he's always with you helping you, but I was like, it has to get there on this day because she's still traveling. And so this will be when she first gets home and like, you know, just all, it has to be this and blah, blah, blah. I had all these instructions for him. And so I was like, so just like, can you, can you handle that and get like some service to do that? But then when I was like, did you do it later? He was like, yes, just FYI. Um, I just went and got the tequila myself because I was like, I'm not going to trust it to someone else. So I just went and did it myself and packaged oh it and brought it to her house so it's like behind this potted plant like on her front and I was like oh my fucking god what if she has like ring camera or like what if <laughs> what if you came out and saw him and like you knew from my Instagram that it was my husband and I was like <laughs> what if you were like what a creep <laughs> no I wish I got to see him I didn't know that was him no, I didn't, amazing I didn't know he was doing free work you know and <laughs> Uh, going up hills and stuff because we live at the top of a hill, so that driveway is steep. He, wow, I didn't know it was him. I'm gonna. Well, I mean, I just had a that. vision in my mind of you being like, pretty sure that delivery man was also Casey's husband, but whatever. It was just, <laughs> <laughs> it was so weird. But anyway, that's who I'll be um, spending Christmas with. Your tequila delivery man oh my gosh so baller too just like <laughs> sending the husband you know and I sometimes <laughs> yeah i'm Some- happy for that <laughs> i i had a moment where well the other day i asked ryan my husband how to turn on the washing machine yeah and that that's how he realized that he had been doing the laundry <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. all these years for and- so like forever literally <laughs> Yeah, Forever. and in turn, I was shocked too, where I was like, oh my God, it has been you this whole time, you know? And he was like, I thought you were doing it sometimes. And I was like, no, I, I thought I was doing it sometimes. I literally, you know, when you've seen someone do something, so you're like, oh, you know, you think you experienced that? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then oh, I, yeah. I walked up to the washing machine. I was like, I have never touched these buttons before. <laughs> and I was like, I don't actually know. I don't really know what the right you know, setting oh, is my God. And and he was like, Wait, so it's been me for five years. And I was like, I guess so, you know? And that is feminism, you know? Yes. And that is feminism. Yes. <laughs> Since then, have you gone around to any other appliances and tested yourself? Yeah. Well, I was like, well, you might as well show me how the dryer works too, then while we're at it. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to have to do both. 
Oh yeah. my god. Yeah. I was well, like, oh. I did I had that moment with one of my children uh, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I was like, Bertie, you have to help Bertie's like 14, you know. Mm-hmm. Bertie, mm-hmm. you have to help me like do the dishes like help me load the dishwasher and Bertie like opens the dishwasher and was like looking at it and I was like you know how to load a dishwasher don't you and just the look on Bertie's face and I was like oh my god I've failed I failed as a parent but then I taught I taught her and and then I realized it was just easier if I did it myself (laughs) you know people learn a lot from watching movies and tv shows like that that thing of watching someone having done something and you think you've done it because you saw it on a tv show or something right and you don't know like you think you've met someone but it's just because you watch Shit's creek or something (laughs) right totally you know it's like how you think you can you play guitar hero and you think you really can play guitar yes you're like huh it's coming into me like why why does my body feel so comfortable in this guitar you know it's like yeah. Or if you're me and you're on a medical show and you think you actually could stitch someone up. A hundred percent. As I did. Land a plane. Think that, but I didn't do it. I didn't there's do so it. many things. I, I think there's so many things we all think we could do. And when it comes down to it, probably yeah. couldn't. Probably and couldn't. so to teach our kids how to use dishwasher and stuff, I think they should have more scenes where they just, even if it's a boring scene, I don't care. Okay. Just show, you know what I mean? Show little, show <laughs> chores. Yes. You know what I mean? Have the characters, yes. have that be a storyline for yes. an episode or something. Remember yes. that show that everybody was so into in the beginning of the pandemic? It was like on Netflix, but it was an old show. Is it called Old Enough or Big Enough where they send the toddlers out on errands? Yes. Yeah. Old, old enough. enough. I still watch it. I still watch it. Birdie and I watch it all the time. I love it. I feel I like that's it. how that's how I raised my kids. I was like, no, no, you can make a fire. What are you like five now? Go ahead. <laughs> do it. You can do it. But it's helpful. I always here's what I made sure my kids knew how to pump gas because I remember using ATM. I remember like mm-hmm. getting sent to use an ATM and almost having a breakdown when I was like 12. Mm-hmm. Um, so pump gas, use an ATM, use the stove. And like, and they teach me how to use the TV. Like, I still don't. If anything happens with the the cable or whatever, I'm out. Like, I can't fix it. So they're the ones that have to help me. But you know, oh, they'll figure out anything for their own entertainment. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yes. Right? They'll be like, they'll be an expert. Suddenly, they can be a TV installment person because <laughs> you know what I mean. That oh, you know, they can work at. Uh, they can be an Apple genius. Yes. Because they they needed to see whatever they watch. Euphoria. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what they watch. I don't hang That's out it. with kids. Euf- Euphoria. That's it. You're right. That's it. You're they right. literally watch that show. Well, it, it, my kids dark? don't. My kids oh. don't. My Birdie doesn't like it. No, Birdie thinks it's not realistic because Birdie says it's like, t- Birdie's like, not every, like all the bad things happen to all of those kids. That's just like unrealistic. <laughs> She's like, they're drug addicts and they've been raped and they're doing drugs and they're like this and they're that, like whatever. You know what I'm saying? She's yeah. like, maybe one of those things would happen to one of your friends. Right. Right. I mean, it is it is a lot. Like if they are all going through that, it, like <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Not to she was take not. Away. She's not into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grey's yeah. Anatomy isn't realistic either. I feel like they. I checked out a long time ago, but I, I feel like the doctors only were taking care of each other at some point, and that seemed <laughs> not realistic. So, right. It's also like at a certain point, you're like, how many like 
like a helicopter crash into the hospital. Like yeah. how how many like tragedies can happen at the actual hospital? Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I don't know. Show me that. show me a cold. Someone with a cold. <laughs> you know, bring it back to reality. Okay. Yeah. Can a that's patient right. just be dramatic and be like, I have a cold. I need to be seeing now because that's <laughs> yeah. that happens. I, I feel like it's happens. like the majority of people in the waiting room are just like, we're, I'm just kind of sick. <laughs> or or it's like, or or it's literally like the only times that I've been to the, or my, like Mark, my kid's dad, like the times when he thought he was having a heart attack, but he uh-huh. wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, there's mm-hmm. like, you never see those yeah. Yeah. on Grey's Anatomy. Just yes. like, th- there's so many people that are just like, they're like, I think I have a blood, like I went once because I was like, I feel like I might have a blood clot in my life. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a blood clot. They're like, <laughs> I think you just have a cramp and maybe you need to eat more potassium. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, we're just, we need more of those stories. Normalize and loading the, the dish. Yes. Loading dishwashers and people who get sent home because they're not having heart attacks. But they're like, <laughs> but good for you for coming in because, you know, better to be safe than sorry. Okay, right. goodbye. Right. Yeah. Maybe this know? is our big idea for a long running TV series, Realistic Hospital. Yes. Amen. Real, realistic TV shows, you know, like I just no, 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 you are not having a heart attack, but you do have a yeast infection, you know, right? That kind of that twist. Just not a lot of drama. That not a lot of drama. Yeah. Some un, some discomfort. You'll be fine. Didn't see mm-hmm. it coming. What have I you like been? Wa- what have you been into watching, Atsuko? What is like the funniest person finding funny on TV? Funny on TV. Gosh. Well, I, I do watch a lot of specials. So I've been, I watched uh, Matt Rogers, Have You Heard of Christmas? Oh, yeah. How was oh, it? Yeah. It's great. It's great. I it's love... perfect for the holidays. It's music. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's, uh, you'll have a dashing time watching that. And I started White Lotus. I wouldn't call that a comedy, but, you know, right. it's, uh, I started season two. It's entertaining. Mm-hmm. And then, um, oh, speaking of music and musicals, I saw you kind of performing a song. Um, <laughs> what was what was the title of it? It was about getting uh, cut in line at the House of Pies. That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm you know, and I, I just want to let you know, I'm, I'm not a pretty singer. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm an ugly singer actually and uh yeah so it's it, it was more leaning it towards like the comedy s- spoken word to music like beat poet vibes um right. but- based on a true story maybe yes based on a true story yeah mm-hmm. just about it during the holidays how someone you know because I'm very like you know yes and I'm very like you know no you go first I'm very that energy yeah and uh, maybe too much you know where but I didn't even do that that day I was just standing in line I just wanted one slice of pie and then this woman walked in and cut me and then when it was her time to order she whole she ordered two whole pies and (laughs) uh, I was like you know so it's a song about that and uh, wow! Thank you for Stop. thank you for watching. Um, I'm a big know, fan. It's like on my, oh, my God. yes. Yeah. I'm not a singer like you, busy. Okay, yeah, I, get, you know? I get it. I get it. We can't all be a singer like me. But yeah, you're not. No. You're not not an artist. And I really enjoyed that song. And it's very appropriate for the holidays. If you want to seek it out, I mean, yeah. I just and it will make me think every time I pass a house of pies mm-hmm. about that yeah. lady. Yeah. I mean, did, did she have a big family or she's, not? She's still out there. She's probably going to do it again. <laughs> to someone else. Yeah. Yeah, I said she's probably out there right now telling I people, hope- Asian, Asian girls, they're just so nice. <laughs> you know, they just, they let you cut in line and stuff. 
And I was like, oh, girl. I hope she's um, listening. I hope she's hearing this. So she knows that when you want two pies, get at the back of the line. Would you claim her? She, she, she was your, what if she was your biggest fan? I, I, I would tell her. I think I would tell her, you know. Well, I, she would know now. Appreciate your time and, and <laughs> she would love, know now. love that you spend time with us. But just FYI. Yeah. Know, stop cutting you know, in line. Stop cutting in you, line. It's, it's not okay. Pies. During the holidays? Yeah. During, it's, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you for, no one's ever shouted my singing out. Okay. No one, <laughs> in fact, notoriously, I got kicked out of the choir that my uncle was the choir director for. Like, <laughs> Like he never had me back and, you know, he was like, oh, people were talking. I was like, it's a choir. People heard me messing up. What? Out of 40 people, you know, and I was like, you come on. I didn't know you could even get kicked out of uh, such a thing. I didn't know. It's a free service. You know what I mean? It's (laughs) it's choir. It's we're all volunteering. Like, what is this? The voice, you know? He's like, suddenly I wasn't on the sheet to for practice anymore on Sundays. And I was like, um, is it from the cantata that we did? And he's like, yeah, it was the cantata. Yeah, everyone was talking. Oh, there was an alto off. And I knew it was you. I was so embarrassed to be oh, like, oh, my God. And I was like, whatever. I'll write a song one day about something really important, like House of Pies. <laughs> And I'll show, at least Casey will notice. You showed him. I did notice. I can't, but what's your relationship like with this uncle now? Um, It's, 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 you know, it's fine. It's good. You know, we don't, he, he still (laughs) sings. He's still the choir director at his church. I don't go to church anymore. But (laughs) because of that? No, no. For <laughs> yes, because of that. <laughs> what if that's what it was, and it wasn't because I'm of kinda, anything? I'd be else? kind of a yeah. You're like that's it. That was the final it's straw. One, it's one of the reasons, maybe. <laughs> well, I I think uh, I think he owes you an apology. I hope one day he reaches the same conclusion that even if he wanted to tell you that, I think there was maybe a better way to tell you mm. that maybe mm-hmm. maybe you weren't a good fit for his choir. It's rough. I didn't know, but also like, do you, um, can you fire volunteer firefighters? <laughs> like, I didn't know I, I, that's a volunteer job. You know what I mean? That's a I really mean, good I mean, question. It's a really, it's a very good point. It's a really, it's a good point and a really good question. <laughs> I guess the experience probably taught you a little bit about show business, probably prepared you for your, <laughs> <laughs> where people yeah. are like, no, you're great. We love you. Never come back here. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god I, I taught me a lot about volunteering is that you can <laughs> even if it's free service that you're giving you know out of your heart for god and the people you know uh you can be asked to leave even though it's like you know no you you need me <laughs> without me you're an uneven number of choir singers <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, that's fine. We'll find someone. And they found someone so easy because, again, it's just free. It's a free service. Yeah. <laughs> it's a free service. Just... Choir. Choir is a free service, guys. <laughs> there's, no, there's no audition. No. 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 But also, you shouldn't be able to be kicked out. He took advantage of the fact that you were related. Mm, mm, yeah. He wouldn't have kicked you out if you weren't related. <laughs> that's true it's harder to right it's harder to have that conversation with like a acquaintance or a stranger yes. someone you don't know mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i don't know i don't know guys i don't know 
Should we um, all say what we're doing our best at? Oh, yes. yeah, that's such a good Since point. We're near the end of our time. Do you want to go first, Busy? What are you doing? Go, here? go, go. I don't know. I'm doing my best to try to keep things straight for myself. Does that work? Mm. Yeah. Like, I'm like not, I don't have any help right now keeping things straight. And I'm trying to just like, I can do this. I'm going to do, I have to do this. I'm going to do this. Yeah. You're like back to basics. I'm back to basics, Case. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's a lot of staying on top, being organized. Mm -hmm. I'm trying my best to be organized. Yeah. 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 My best at being organized. I organized the pantry and Ooh. I organized, I reorganized my closet myself instead of outsourcing, which I normally am prone to do. I'm prone to like calling someone and asking mm-hmm. someone to come over and just do it for me and I pay them money. But no, no, no. This time I was like, I, I can do this and I did it. And it wasn't easy and I was really cranky about it, but I did it. You did it. And you Good know what? Work. I bet. I bet you'll keep it up better because you're the one that did the work and you are the one that figured out what works best for you. So I think you'll keep it up better because you did that. fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I am doing my best at, I think also trying to make everything work. Like my Mm -hmm. schedule for the next, like from now until the holidays is like, it's like puzzle pieces and so many things like, It just really all worked out perfectly, but then my son has his first improv show, and they just, Mm. like, randomly changed the date to a time when I couldn't go, and I was like— Oh, that sucks. It sucks, but— I mean, there. W- I guess there was a universe in which I could have canceled the other thing, but a lot of uh-huh. other people are going to be at the other thing. And so, um, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, listen, he's 20. It's not like he's like 10 years old and it's his school play or whatever. Right. But he right. just, he just was so. like, don't cancel your thing. Like he offered it up like right away. Don't cancel your thing. There'll be other shows. It got changed, you know, whatever. And I was like, you know, he was really sweet about it. But yeah, my my schedule right now is just like, it's like a puzzle and nothing can be moved around. And so I'm just trying to stay really like organized and chill and not stressed out because the reason why my schedule is so packed is because I'm trying to do things to enjoy the holidays. And if I'm not enjoying them, then that defeats the whole purpose. And I might as well just like stay home in my gym jams. So, um, yeah, so I'm just trying to like, you know, just trying to be chill about everything because I get myself like whipped up about all the things that I'm supposed to do for the holidays. And like, but like the point is, it's supposed to be fun and you're supposed to be together with people that you care about. And if Mm -hmm. I'm like going around being a huge bitch because like I feel stressed out because like the improv show conflicted with my cookie party, then, you know, that's not Mm -hmm. fun for anyone. So anyway, just trying to be organized, but chill and enjoy myself. Like that's what this is for. So. Yeah. It's so good to have conversations like that during a time where you need to be organized too. to have the support of your family being like, Hey, I don't know if I can make your show that night, you know, and then, you know, them supporting, showing support back, your son showing support back and be like, no, there'll be more, you know, that's so much needed when you're trying to stay on top. So, yeah, you know, it's hard. Asko, what are you doing your best at? I'm doing my best at 
all these clothes that need to be washed. Am I right? Ooh, I'm just like, you're just doing oh it. You figured God. it out. You're on it. You you're know, just, you know what? In the pile. You are really doing your best. At Would that. you say that you like <laughs> doing it, or you're just doing your best at doing it? It's you, fine. Now, that, now that you know how to use the machine, do you like doing it? A little bit, because honestly, it does the most of the work for you. I don't know why I couldn't just. <laughs> Uh, I, 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 was, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. And then I just watch or I don't have to watch. I just leave. And so... You so don't that's... have to watch. I'm just here to tell you, you do not have to watch it. You go. could. It will just I go. Mean, you it... could if you want, but you really don't have to. <laughs> yeah. And then the folding of the clothes and stuff, you know, that's the part that I'm... And then the organizing, putting it in drawers and mm. stuff. That's... You know, I'm figuring it out. I'm shocked at how much clothes I wear in one day. I'm like, oh my God, why? why, I had one day of things to do. Why is three pairs of underwear dirty from that? (laughs) I don't remember. I mean, that's, I'm, that's very much me. You're speaking to me (laughs) now because I am the same way and I will like change my clothes minimum three times a day. Yeah. (laughs) Including (laughs) underwear, including underwear. Yeah. Yeah. You just want to feel new. I need to feel fresh. <laughs> I need to feel new. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, we're just a house of two people. But yeah, I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what is it? 20 people suddenly <laughs> drop their laundry off at our house? It's been two days, you know. So, yeah, I'm trying. We're all trying. I'm proud of such a beautiful segment. Such a beautiful segment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so proud of you. And I'm proud of your husband for just being like a laundry powerhouse and doing five years of laundry, (laughs) not even noticing that nobody was helping him. Good for him. Good for him. Didn't even notice. Didn't notice wasn't holding it over you. No, no, no. I'm the one that told him. Yeah. And he was in I in retrospect, if I never said anything, if I never asked, he would it would have probably continued. Yeah, I think we've all learned an important lesson. About I do too. Don't don't bring it up. Don't blow, <laughs> don't blow the whistle on don't, yourself if you no. don't know how something no works. There's no need. There's no need. He would have just kept doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, wait, I've been pumping the gas in the car yeah. this whole time. He's like, well, that's fine. I'm like, I'm like, so can you keep the car on or off I for, during the? <laughs> can I smoke? Yeah, so no cigarettes. Is that what you're telling me? (laughs) By the gas station? Okay. (laughs) My first year on earth right now. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I'll let y'all go. It's lunchtime. Oh, no, it's you got anyway, you got all kinds of things to do. Well, I have to take care of these weird people that just showed up at my house <laughs> mm-hmm. my children Otsuko congratulations um, on yeah, the congratulations. special we're so, so exciting. we're so excited to watch it everybody watch HBO and HBO Max whichever okay. one you have a password to it's called The Intruder uh, on December 10th <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and it's about an intruder that came to our house three times in the same day and you know about when you're sort of like a late bloomer like I am, how you feel like you're intruding on spaces. It's about all of those things. And so I hope uh, you have fun watching it December 10th. So excited to watch it. Everybody watch it on HBO, HBO Max. And um, Atsuko, we just love you. You're the greatest. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for for having me. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you. And to the rest of you, we'll talk to you all next week. We love you. We love you. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Atsuka, thank you so much. Atsuka, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lots of love. Um, you too. Best of luck this holidays. weekend. You're going to kill it. Yes. Tell Ryan we said hi and uh, can't will. wait to watch the special. I will. So I will. Okay. And you can just um, email me your audio file if you have it. I'll yes, send you yeah. my email. Okay. It's it starts like 30 seconds in and uh, so but the that's rest great. will be synced. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. Okay. okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye, Case. Bye. Oh no.